One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim, and the topic of our podcast today is Forbidden Love, uh, Rhinelander versus Rhinelander. Got a love story for you today, Colonel, and you're the sentimental type. I love me a good love story, Tim. The Mrs. Colonel has told me you're a very romantic man. I'm I'm known for my romantical deeds. Uh Known far and wide for my romantic deeds, Timmy, yes. Uh I, I, I wasn't aware of that, but she did say that you were a pretty romantic guy. So you sh- you should like this story. Well, it's it's kind of an ugly story, really. But it's a, yeah, it's, it's tragic, yeah, wouldn't you say? It is. All right, but before we get started, let me introduce you. Um, I am happy to introduce my co-host, uh, the one and the only, uh, the. Um, really the most dangerous man in podcasting today, and that is the very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Timmy, I'm, I'm a little uh, disjointed today. Why is that? Um, Mrs. Colonel has taken one of the boys, Taylor, to Seattle. Okay. And she's going to be gone for 10 days. So you're not going to have anyone to feed you, wash your clothes? Yeah, I don't tend to do well when left on to my own devices. Yeah, Timmy. I know. So you just like sit around in your underwear all weekend? No, I typically look like a uh, pedophile because I will go to a park and uh-huh. I will sit and I will catch Pokemon. Okay. And, uh, in your van? In, in my, well, no, I take my car. but okay. I, And I have the dog with me. Most, okay. most of you serious freaks don't bring the dog. But I'll take the dog with me, and we'll go walk around. So, and Logan's home. So, but he's that boy's never home. So, isn't it a little bit cold to go out chasing Pokemon all over the place? I catch him in my car. Is that still a thing? Is a Pokemon thing? Is still a thing? I think it's only a thing for old people, Timmy. Is <laughs> this it's, like you got you got introduced to Facebook late? It's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like Facebook. You ever yeah. notice Facebook? My, my kids don't use Facebook anymore. I still have a MySpace. <clears throat> so, I still know. have a MySpace myself. <laughs> uh, I know they, they they're on to Instagram and all kind of other stuff, right? Instagram, Periscope. Uh, I'm telling you, we should get Logan on. uses Instagram quite a bit. Now, I follow Logan on Instagram because he takes some very good pictures. Oh, uh, man, I don't understand it. I just see those photos with the women with the dog face and dog ears and stuff. I don't. I just don't understand it. But 
No. Now, I went to a, uh, we had last Tuesday, we went, Logan has started college, and he uh, had an art exhibit. Mm-hmm. And they had about five of Logan's pieces shown. Nice. It turned out to be. Well, and Lo- it's, it's Logan's funny. your youngest son. Logan is the youngest boy. Logan has turned out to be an incredible, um, very good at drawing. It's something that he really? never really did his whole life. He mm-hmm. had to take a class because he's in graphic design. His first class was uh, foundations of two-dimensional drawing, mm-hmm. foundations of three-dimensional or whatever. And then the two-dimension, his drawings, he's drawing with chalk, whatever. But he's he's turned out to be a very talented boy. See, I got him. I bought him a canvas, and he's painting a uh, bronco, orange and blue bronco. Nice. And he's also into photography, right? Into photography. They had some of his pictures shown. Nice. And, uh, Quite the artiste. And he's very good with Illustrator. He he created some graphic designs with Illustrator, and so yeah, I got. I don't know how this happened. I'm I'm not really sure how all of my boys have this artistic bent. Must have got it from Renee. Yeah, I've got an actor, I've got a musician, I've got an artist, and uh, and you're a podcaster. I'm a podcaster and a reverend. Yeah, uh, and none a of my boys got any kind of religion in them, and and none of them have the military ranking that you have. No, none of them have been colonels. You're right. Um, they they act like privates quite a bit, but <laughs> okay. Taylor, Our, but they're out, in, and Taylor's trying to get his mama to go into a weed store with him. Oh, out in Seattle. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're gonna. That's it's gonna well, be you know because I was plays out. I I may have to make a trip out to Denver, you know later. In they the year. stopped at Denver, and uh, I told my mom I said you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna try weed when I'm out there you know because these are the kind of conversations I have with my mom yeah well. my 85 year old mom. And she said, oh, well, can you bring some of that back? <laughs> no, they kind of frown on that, They did frown on internet yeah. or yeah. putting that on the flight. Yeah, yeah. And she, she said, I just like to try it. And I said, yeah, I can understand it. She don't want to smoke it. She wants an edible, you know. So she won't smoke it because it's, you know, that's, you know, that's the devil's uh, lettuce. But uh, but if, if it comes like in a little gummy bear, I think she'd give it a try. Uh, now, if it comes with anything with chocolate chips in it, Renee will devour it. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure that Taylor See, and, and that's the problem be because you have stone. to keep eating more <laughs> yeah, because you got munchies. It's, yeah. it's a whole thing. It's, it's a vicious cycle, Colonel. Well, I can't wait to hear back from Taylor because I know at some point he's going to get his mama stoned out there. <laughs> We'll okay, Renee, you'll have, you'll have to give us an update next time. All right, let me give a shout-out to our supporters on Patreon. And I actually missed someone last time. I feel really guilty about it, so I'm going to give them an extra special shout-out this time. But if you would like to support our podcast, please visit patreon.com slash historydweebs. You can give a little, you can give a lot. Or, Colonel? Just a wee little bit, if you like. Yes, it helps uh, keep us on the air. And we appreciate all those of you who support us through Patreon. And that includes, as always, Alicia and Chip. And I'm going to give a special shout-out because I think I I, uh, left Leslie off last time. And it's only because... Yes, and I feel terrible about that because um, I was jotting, you know, the list down. And... um, I didn't get her name last time. So, Leslie, I'm terribly sorry. We greatly appreciate your contribution. You're very generous. Thank you very, very much. And also, we have a new Patreon 
sponsor that I missed last time, I think. I think I missed last time, but if not, this is the first time. It's uh, Mandy Swanson. Uh, Mandy, who I don't believe is on our page, um, but on our Facebook page, but is uh, contributing to the show. Thank you very much, Mandy. Well, thank you, Mandy. Also, a big shout-out to Jen Moyer, who is very generous in her donation, as well as Branding McBride. Thank you both very much. Andrew Happ, thank you, Andrew. Lise, uh, Amber McCain-Scoville, thank you very much, Amber. We appreciate your help. Jahara over there in Europe, thank you, Jahara. Jennifer Siemens and her son, of course, Hunter, and her mom, Melinda, thank you all very much. Uh, Angelo, uh, thank you, Angelo, for your support. Bridget Clavey, thank you, Bridget. You're very sweet. Cindy Lou, uh, thank you, Cindy, for uh, always supporting the podcast. And, of course, Charlie from the Insight Podcast, thank you very much uh, for sponsoring us, Charlie. And Rudy the Wonder Dog. Can't forget Rudy. No, cannot forget You'll Rudy. be spending the weekend with Rudy. Rudy is the one that keeps me out of trouble. I'm, I believe I'm going to make Rudy a therapy dog. Oh, I'm going to turn him into a therapy dog. That's probably a good plan. Now, will he get a little uh, sweater with patches and a pipe? For a therapy dog, you get a yellow vest. For a service dog, you get a red vest. Uh, Okay. And really all you need for a therapy dog is to go into your psychiatrist and say, I have great anxiety if I'm not with my dog and it calms me down. Oh, I see. Now, the problem with Rudy is, I don't know, you know, Rudy likes to bite me in the face and on the nose and whatnot. So I don't know how much I could show that that's actual therapy for me. You may have to drug him before you go in. Yeah. Give him a few Xanax before you go. (laughs) He'll go. He'll be good. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Rhinelander versus Rhinelander, a case, Colonel, of forbidden love. And I know you're you are familiar with all sorts of forbidden. I things. have been. I have. I have known. I've, I have been involved in a few cases of forbidden love. <laughs> and you have some photos to prove that I have some photos. on your phone. <laughs> some pho- and you know, I'll tell you a quick funny story, Timmy. Mm-hmm. When I was, uh, you go back to my pre-college days. I, he was quite the ladies' man. I understand. I had a. We should say. Friend. We should say before we get into that that Brandy is not with us today. Yes. Um, she had a death in the family. Uh, it's been a very difficult time for Brandy, but uh, we're hoping that she'll be back with us uh, next week. Next and, week she's going to be back, and uh, we'll be back to serial killers and creepy Christmas stories, all kind of great stuff. Yeah, and you know. We have been nice to Brandy through texts and everything else this whole week. Um, and the nice thing about doing that is when she gets back, we don't have to be nice to her no more. No, no, no. Her grace period yeah, is her over. Her grace period's done. Mm-hmm. She's, you know. We can turn our mind. We, we can take out some of our frustration since she hasn't been around to kick she around. She hasn't been. She, she hasn't even checked around. in to see how the podcast are doing. And, and listen, it's just so you know. She's been on the, on the Facebook page some. She's been on the Facebook page yeah. some, but she really don't care. She doesn't have the emotional investment that you and I have in it, Timmy. Well, you know, yeah, I think yeah. that I don't. I'm not sure she's emotionally invested in much. I don't think she's capable of emotion. Yeah, except for rage and hatred and yes. anger. But we're in our seriousness, uh, Brandy. We're thinking about if she doesn't listen. But I'll just say that in case she does. And then I felt like I met my obligation by saying that. But she'll be back next week, and we'll get into more murder and mayhem because I know our listeners like murder and mayhem. Yeah. And or mayhem. Now, you was going to talk about your forbidden love. I had a, a situation arise, Timmy, where mm-hmm. I um, went to an elementary school. And as you know. You said I, arise. Arise, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, as you know, I grew up in a very poor area, mm-hmm. predominantly uh, a black area. Mm-hmm. And I made a very good friend, and I'm not going to name her on the air. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she appreciates and, that. Uh, yeah, I'm sure she does. And then as we got older, we moved. We both moved. And uh, and this kind of plays into what our story here is a little bit. Now, you got to remember, I was in college back in 1983. Right. So um, when we got to UC, we met again. Mm-hmm. We ran into each other again. Now, we was best friends and you know, when we was little kids. And she, you know, over the course of years, it turned into a just beautiful woman, beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to date the girl. Mm-hmm. And she was not comfortable dating me. Because of the times, because oh. of, you know, it was Oh, not, just because you're white, not just because you're you. I mean, no, we can, that, plenty, that's understandable. Plenty of people that didn't want to date yeah, me because right. I was me. Yeah, right. But she was only comfortable dating me in private. I see. So um, you kind of had it. Well, and, and that's the thing when we talk, I mean, if you haven't figured it out yet, our topic is on interracial relationships. And, uh, you know, it hasn't been that long ago when that, you know, interracial uh, relationships were kind of taboo. Uh, it certainly was when we were growing up. And, and that's what I said. I'm just going back to 1983, and I had no problems myself with the whole thing. But it was going to create, you know, if she was openly dating me, mm-hmm. It was going to create problems for her family, mm-hmm. um, you know, with her friends, with, right. with whatever. And, you know, so it, it's a knife well, that cuts both ways. And it's a good segue into our topic. Yeah. Let me, for those of you outside of the United States, let me just give you a little quick background uh, on uh, kind of our topic. Okay, so after the American Civil War, um, slavery was abolished in the South, and to kind of hold on to um, their uh, culture at the time, the South passed what were called Jim Crow laws. And we've talked about Jim Crow laws before, I think when we did the Scottsboro's Boys and a couple other different topics. Maybe we touched on Bessie Coleman. But mm-hmm. the uh, Jim Crow laws were laws that segregated African Americans from whites and, and the number of situations such as uh, uh, restrooms that were uh, what they call collared and we'll use that term here and we don't mean it offensively it just was the term that was used at the time they were white restrooms and they were uh, restrooms for african-americans there were white water fountains and there were water fountains separate for african-americans there were uh, what else, Colonel? Uh, restaurants, restaurants, yeah, theaters. Jackie Robinson, when they was traveling with the Dodgers, he had to go around the back of the restaurant and pick up his food at the back door. He couldn't even walk in and pick it up at yeah. the counter. And and it sounds, you know, it sounds bizarre probably to some of our younger listeners, but that hasn't been that long ago. I mean, it's it's been in our lifetime. <coughs> and these laws were pr- primarily in the South. Um, in addition to the things we just mentioned, the segregation, of course, in 1964, the civil rights movement, uh, uh, the civil uh, movement, uh, there were civil rights uh, bill passed, and uh, a lot of that changed, and it outlawed a lot of the uh, segregation, especially in, you know, like in the school systems. Um, but um, 
one thing it didn't change, one of the areas that was still heavily segregated after 1964 was marriage. Um, they were called, and I hope I don't mispronounce this, anti-segregation laws, and they basically meant that races could not, uh, people from different races could not be married or could not have sex, basically. Right. They couldn't uh, have relationships. And um, that was the law in most of the states in the South. But at one point, it, it was law in every state in the Union. The country, yeah. yeah. And uh, the, even in the original 13 colonies in the United States, um, the, these laws were on the books that prohibit uh, interracial marriage. Now, that changed in 1967. There was a couple, there was a white gentleman named Richard Loving, and he married a black woman, Mildred. And they, they, they were from Virginia. They drove up to Washington, D.C., where interracial marriage were, was legal. They got married. They moved back to Virginia, where it was uh, not legal. They were arrested, and their court, uh, the ACLU took their case. Long story short, ends up in the Supreme Court in the case of Loving versus Virginia, and the Supreme Court um, uh, rules that inter, uh, laws that prohibit uh, interracial marriage was unconstitutional. And loving, so, I like Loving versus. Yeah, yeah. There's a movie out loving now. Loving versus I, the USA. I saw the moving Loving. It's about mm. their relationship. It's a pretty good movie, but it don't focus a whole lot on the. Supreme Court case, but it's an interesting movie. And I, we're just giving you this as a background because our, uh, the, the Supreme Court made this ruling. So in, since 1967, uh, interracial couples uh, have, are permitted to get married. Of course, in the same, a lot of the arguments that the state used uh, in uh, the state of Virginia used uh, to uh, continue these uh uh, this prohib- uh, this prohibition against interracial marriage, um, their concern, their their interest in mo- the moral fiber. I mean, just some really bizarre stuff. The, the care for the interracial children. children. It was the same that they used for the gay. Exactly. It was a lot of the arguments that they continue to use in the uh, uh, arguments that states had. You know, state rights, mm-hmm. arguing that states should be able to prohibit gay marriage. So. It's, a lot of the same arguments. The Supreme Court threw it out in 1967 for the interracial marriage and upheld that uh, interracial, the laws that prohibit interracial marriage was unconstitutional. Our story, though, takes place in, 19, in the early 19th, I'm sorry, the early 20th century in New York. And it's a little bit, di- with a little bit different twist. Now, New York at the time did not have any law that prohibited interracial marriage. Um, so our story is a little bit different, but even though there was no law, like you said, Colonel, um, there was still this strong uh, bias against, bias it, against yeah. this in society, right? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of societal pressure against these type of relationships. So let's jump into this story, and we'll talk about it, and you'll see how it evolves. Um, so... This is the story of Rhinelander versus Rhinelander. And the name Rhinelander might not uh, jump off the page at you today, but at one time it was right up there with uh, Roosevelt, with uh, 
uh, Vanderbilts, you know, the wealthy of the yeah, wealthy. They were, <clears throat> they were the, the aristocrats. The aristocrats, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, on the East Coast, the family was from New York. They were real estate magnets and shipping magnets, multi-multi-millionaires. And they had a son. Uh, the son's name was Leonard, or they call him Kip Rhinelander. He was born we'll on... say called him Kip. Kip. Everybody, yeah. everybody just rich has got a Kip in yeah. their family. Must have played, I bet he paid, played polo, too. I bet he did. So Leonard Kip Rhinelander was born on May 9th, 1903. Why is that important date, Colonel? Well... May 9th, 1903, his mama would have been all swollen up with him at Christmas no, time. No, no, May 9th. That's my birthday. Oh, that's your birthday. That's right. It is your birthday. And it's also Stephanie Quick's birthday. Yeah, Miss Quick. And if someone else is on our page is born on May 9th, and I'm sorry if I forgot who, but if you remind me on our Facebook page, I'll, I'll yeah, mention. I'll and, give you a shout-out next time. And let me thank you all while we're at that for all your happy for your birthday wishes. I, I greatly Oh, yes, you had a birthday that. this week. I did have a birthday this week, and I also yesterday uh, got my uh, thumb braces. They came, and uh, all right, so, you... so I got to look like Lobster Boy. I and, see. Um, but I'll tell you what, Timmy, I wore these braces last night. Mm-hmm. The doctor told me to try to wear them a minimum of 12 hours a day. And what these what are these braces for? Basically, what what Protecting? has happened to me? No, um, I've had. I, I grew up playing soccer, Tim. Mm-hmm. I was a goalie, mm-hmm. and, and actually, what one of the the doctor laughed. He said one of the things we call it in kids when it happens to kids is we call it goalkeeper's thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, you're catching a lot of balls and you have these balls coming at you, your thumbs take the brunt of. Um, and I've had one thumb broken, and I've had that same thumb dislocated a number of times and I've had my other thumb dislocated a number of times. So, so you got, a, you got braces for them. What I got is, is, um, and, and it's very disturbing when you go to the doctor and the doctor and they look at it and they do the tests and MRIs and everything else. And they tell you, there's really nothing we can do for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you think, Hold on, there's people down there that got brain tumors that you're fixing up right now. <laughs> yeah, Zika, some you got sore thumbs, yeah, Ebola. You me there ain't nothing you can do for me. But it actually got to the point to me where I couldn't. I was I was having a hard time just gripping grocery bags and carrying. Is it them like in. arthritis? It, that's what I've got is called basal arthritis in the bottom okay. joint, and um, I'm sorry I need about that, to Keep them immobilized. No masturbating. Um, no, I can do that. Okay, um, but don't. But please don't, or don't tell us about it if you do. I will not disclose. Okay, um, but it's more uncomfortable with the braces. I found out because uh, I got a lot of. I, I don't want to know. But, I don't. I don't um, want to know. Don't want to know. I thought you know. Brandy would have cut Tim, you off long before that. <laughs> I know she would. have. It's like having a new girlfriend, Timmy, yeah. when you got the Velcro braces. I, but I anyway, understand. I understand. What the things are meant to do is to keep the base of your thumb immobile. Okay. And uh, does it interfere with your texting? Um, they, the hand surgeon, Mm -hmm. um, gave me a tip on a app that you use, Mm -hmm. um, it's called swipe. Mm -hmm. And now I can text with just my index finger and you take the keyboard and you just swipe your finger across and it's a predictive text. And I found out that it's much faster and much easier to use and it doesn't cause my thumbs to scream in pain, but what's, what's the name of it? Swipe. 
right, just I'm gonna swipe. have to check it out. And I, uh, but anyway, I, I put them on when I got them last night, and I walked around like you know, like Lobster Boy. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so you're still getting used to them. And I slept in them last night, and I'll tell you what, to me, it's been. I had them up for twelve hours, mm-hmm. and today my thumbs feel better than they felt in five years. Well, that's good. You'll so, be up and you'll be up and hitchhiking before you know it. I'll be, you know what, but I'm looking next year, uh, you know, I had a birthday, and what's going to happen next year, I, I believe I'm going to be picking out tennis balls from a walker, Timmy. <laughs> yeah, and how old continues. are you this year? I turned 53 this year. Oh, yeah, it falls apart after that. Yeah, and, and I'm starting to I'm starting to break down. There's only, really, you know, my knees can go, they're, they're already gone. and and Yeah, your life is pretty much over. Um, No, as long as... I told the doctor as long, there's only one organ I'm worried about. When that goes. And it's not my heart. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's vital. And when that thing stops working, then you can just. And you consider it. You me. consider it vital. Yeah, I consider that a vital organ. There's really no point going on after that, really. I don't it? really see the point in mm-hmm. that. But um, but anyway, thank you for all the birthday wishes. I had a, I had a very nice birthday. I got a set of uh, Bluetooth. Um, Beats headphones nice. um, because I listen. So you to, won't strangle yourself when you go for your Renee talk. Renee said that she was too tempted to keep wrapping that wire around my throat <laughs> when I had my headphones on. Dude, it was so cold this morning, and I and I, I rarely wear a scarf in the winter, mm-hmm. but I you know today I'm like looking for every winter yeah. piece of oh, winter yeah. finding a blanket. And yeah, exactly. Else. So. I, <laughs> down the street and I have this scarf on and I've got two coats on because it's so mm. cold and it got tangled somehow <laughs> and I mean I was like I thought I was going to choke to death I, my face started turning red and I'm trying to unwrap this thing I couldn't figure out how Jesus well, and that's why she got me these because I will I will you know take my iPad and I will watch things on uh-huh. the, you know yeah and then I'll fall asleep with my headphones on, and then I'll wake up in the middle of the night with the damn wire twisted around my neck, yeah I'm which the same I'm not way. certain that she's not doing actually <laughs> i li- uh, I fall asleep listening to podcasts, and I'll wake up and I'm listening to thinking sideways or inside or something, and some scary shit's going on, and I'm like having all these bad dreams and so I'm- i have do you know and you gotta watch when you i try not i listen to insight but Occasionally, if I'm listening to Insight mm-hmm. and I fall asleep, Charlie and Allie will pop up in my dreams. <laughs> and it's nothing, you know, nothing bizarre. Right. Well, actually, the normalcy of it is that's how bizarre it is, is that I will be at the grocery store and run into Charlie. Uh-huh. And Charlie will talk about a podcast <laughs> or Charlie will talk about a clogging thing that a child, a dancing right. thing. <clears throat> so it's it's very it's weird when you're listening to podcasts of people you know granted Allie and Charlie are not my neighbors right, right. but you know but you them. know right, you right. know them so yeah exactly you listen to their podcast while you fall asleep and all of a sudden the next thing you know you're in a grocery store with Allie and Charlie <laughs> so <clears throat> all right back to Kip remember Kip Kip Ryan remember Kip. He was born on May 9th. Where's little Isa Lacoste? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he plays, uh, plays polo. polo. Kip Rhinelander was born on May the 9th, 1903, in Pelham, New York. He was the son of Philip and Adelaide Rhinelander. His nick- parents nicknamed him Kip. He was the youngest of five children, four sons, and they had four sons and one daughter. 
Philip Rhinelander was a wealthy real estate tycoon, and his family was part of New York's high society. I know you're part of uh, West Side of Cincinnati's high West society. West Side of yeah. Cincinnati, I'm, I'm part of the, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm known as the mayor of Westwood, to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Rhinelanders built their prominence and wealth through their involvement in real estate and in shipping. So, you know, these were your typical early 20th century... Robber barons. Yes, robber <laughs> barons, tycoons, right? Yeah. They were not just rich, but they were... More, they had more money. They were filthy rich. And had been more established than even the Vanderbilts. These were the people that Huey Long would go after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mr. So, Rhinelander, after you've eaten all the food you need. Yeah, 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 yeah. So these folks had more money than the Vanderbilts. More money than uh, Anderson Cooper. Then. No way. Well, he's a Vanderbilt, right? He is an, a Vanderbilt. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So he's anyway. a handsome man, too. Yes. He, well, I know. He's okay. No, really I look at him like that. Very right? handsome about Anderson Cooper. He's, he seems like is. a nice guy. All right, so the Rhinelanders were considered one. I'm of not the, gay. I, I understand that, Colonel. Okay, I understand. Not that there's anything wrong with being. I, gay. I understand that you can talk. You can compliment another man without feeling uh, defensive. Okay, I just want to clear that up. The Rhineland. Now, what our listeners might, you know, they might ha- how they might interpret it may be totally different. <laughs> but that's what I'm clarifying. Okay. Anyway, uh, the Rhinelanders, they were considered uh, one of the nation's wealthiest families. Uh, They were uh, active in charitable causes and prominent in uh, New York high society. Uh, Any major event that occurred in the family, such as weddings, anniversaries, birthdays, coming outs, anything like that, they were covered by the society pages of the New York Times and other newspapers and magazines in New York. Because remember, this was a time when, you know, there were probably 50 newspapers in the city of New York. Yeah. I mean, it was just uh, saturated with newspapers. And so all of them had society pay, uh, pages, and the, the society pages covered all the events that took place, uh, major events in the Rhinelander's life. Um, now, despite their wealth, the family had, did experience a um, great deal of tragedy or some tragedy. Their oldest child, Isaac, um, died in infancy, which is, I guess, that was 1915. So it wasn't, you know, that uncommon, I guess. Uh, Kip's mother, uh, Adelaide Rhinelander, his mom, she died when he was just 12 years old in 1915. Um, she sustained burns when an alcohol lamp on her dressing table exploded. Yeah. It's kind of like have a Samsung uh, cell phone there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and this is, you talked about that. That's a bad way to die, though, man. Not to get too off track, but did you hear the news today that uh, for the first time in 25 years or something, the life expectancy of Americans has dropped? Yeah, yeah. It's the opiate uh, abuse. It's oh, really... See, now I've, see I was... I thought... Are they taking into effect uh, account? Are, are they thinking that we're going to go into some kind of crazy nuclear war? That you know, oh no no I do, think I think is it, there an asteroid headed well, toward I, the United States well, that it's, I it's, don't know it's about? Obviously, it's, obviously it's obesity, but I also heard that the opioid uh, okay. a- epidemic was having it's a big effect on, especially down. y'all, especially like middle aged white men. 
like us, yeah, it's killing a lot of people. So it, our our life expectancy is going down. I wonder if it's from taking uh, it or from overdosing on it. Uh, overdosing, I think. Oh, okay. Overdosing, yeah. So because I like my opioids. Yeah. Well, you know, just don't overdo it. You know, moderation, Colonel. Um, so Kip's mother dies when he's young, and he's raised by his uh, nanny, of course. Of course he is, right? Of course he is, yeah. And his older siblings. Um, and you know the dad was banging the nanny. Well, probably. Well, unless she was African-American, which we'll talk about. The third son, T.J. Oakley Rhinelander, he died in France in 1918 while serving in the Army during World War One. And we say these are tragic events, which certainly they are, but, you know, death was such a common occurrence back. I mean, it's common now, but yeah. back in the day, people just didn't live to be that old. No, they didn't, and they, they died in weird ways. Yeah. So Kip had problems when he was in school. He stuttered a lot, Colonel. Oh, uh, no. And he was considered slow in school. And it may that he may not have been that he was really slow. It's just that, you know... Back in the day, if you stuttered, that's how people kind of saw you as being slow, even though, it, you know, people can stutter and be t- very intelligent, as I can, as I prove <laughs> every podcast. But Well, they're improving. You know, now they're catching stuttering as a uh, as in your youth and they're mm-hmm. earlier stuttering and stuttering. They they have found well, you, uh, this is a side thing, but stuttering is a. Uh, a functional problem between your brain and your mouth. It's not a um, thinking problem. Right. It's but back in the day, they back saw in the way they, they thought you yeah, was yeah. just much like dyslexics. And right. I'll tell you, we had somebody that worked for me earlier to me that was dyslexic. They put her in a. She grew up in the slow learners class. Mm-hmm. Went on to get two different master's degrees. Yeah. Once they found out she was dyslexic. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing. Some people and some people just blossom later, you know. I mean, I got in high school, I got all C's, you know. I mean, I got I was just your typical average student in high school. It wasn't until college that I started getting good grades. Well, so you know, that, you know, I think some people <clears throat> just blossom or becomes become engaged more or mm-hmm. whatever at a different different ages. But anyway, Kip was saw as being slow, and probably a lot of that was. You know, because he stuttered, right? He was also also um, it also made him socially awkward and shy. Uh, he pretty much kept to himself in high school. Uh, he didn't date or have any steady girlfriends. Uh, the circles that the Rhinelander family moved in were predominantly, probably entirely, wealthy, white, and Protestant. Uh, any deviation from these these uh, this group would be considered immoral at the time, and uh, the family would have been ostracized. Um, so you know, kind of keep to your own type of mentality. You know, I was thinking about that the other day, Timmy, <clears throat> because I seen uh, I seen uh, Mrs. Trump with a mm-hmm. son Baron. Mm-hmm. He's what I, I believe the boy's ten years old. I don't. I'm not sure. And I was thinking to myself, and I was I was watching the boy, and I was thinking to myself, you know, people think, oh, look at this little prince or whatever, whatever, what you mm-hmm. know, what they have these preconceived things. And I was thinking, boy, I bet that's hard being ten years old and being just because there aren't that many people like you. 
Yeah. Well, that's why I, mean? I think that's why a lot of those child actors have such big yeah, problems. Yeah, there just aren't that many people like you. There's no, but you don't have a, um, you, you, you don't have a circle. The, the people yeah, you don't have like, peers. You, you don't, don't have, have many peers. peers exactly. And, and I was just, yeah, I thought about that. I thought, man, you know, I, I grew up pretty poor, but everybody in the neighborhood was poor. Yeah, it was all relative, right? So yeah. you didn't, you didn't feel, you but didn't he's feel. Grown up yeah, you know, in this ultra-rich environment, and, and now, and, and now under, you know, and now under the spotlight of his dad being president. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think his mom. I think we're going way down the rabbit hole, but I think his mom, uh, Millennia, mm-hmm. is. She said she's not going to move to the White House. Yeah, she seems to want to keep him. And grounded. I think that's what she is trying to do: mm-hmm. is keep him out of the spotlight yeah. and try to. The Obamas did, have done a really good job with that, too. With their I think most of our presidents had a hard time. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, George Bush had a, a hard time because he had those twin girls that were... Beautiful. A, beautiful and a little bit wild. Yeah. Well, not really wild. They had reached a certain age where every kid's going to be wild. Right. And, and then they're, they, they're just under the... They're in the spotlight, so anything Yeah, it's they not do. really fair to kids. Yeah. So the Rhinelanders, anyway, um, they had... Uh, remember I said that, the, you know... It was their circle of friends were mostly white, wealthy, and Protestant. Uh, but they had an earlier uh, in the family history, they had a scandal. It was a generation before uh, Kip, Leonard's uncle, William Rhinelander, uh, which was his father's older brother, had caused a scandal in 1876 by marrying uh, a woman named Margarita McGinnis, who was Irish Catholic, who was an Irish Catholic immigrant and who had been a servant in the family's household. Uh, and that, of course, was a no-no in their society, and uh, he was kind of uh, disinherited by his parents over it. Uh, he went on and shot the family lawyer in 1884 <laughs> on suspicions. I see there was no, I, I said there was no violence in here, and they were there in the story there is. Uh, William shot the family lawyer in 1884 in suspicion that the man was withholding a remittance the family attempted to have their son declared insane, uh, and which would have allowed, allowed him to annul his marriage to this Irish uh, immigrant, or I'm sorry, this Catholic immigrant. Yeah, Irish Catholic immigrant, servant girl. So it was a matter then of, in, as with our story here in a few minutes, it's a story not only of race, but also of class, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and you got to remember, Timmy, back then, the Irish... They was considered. They were they, low. They were on the pole. same social strata as as um, almost blacks. Yeah, African Americans yeah. were at the time. Yeah, that was they they were uh, so. But anyway, um, he was disinherited and he was dropped from the family's genealogical charts. That's pretty bad, don't you think? I mean, not only they kick you out, but you they can't kick even, you out of the family tree. They, they kick, kick you out. right off the branch of the family they tree. Kick you right, what, yeah, what is that? What's that website called? Um, Ancestry.com. Ancestry.com. You're not even You're listed not even there. in there. That's pretty bad. Well, you know, in my family, I tell my boys all the time, do not marry an Irish girl. <laughs> Why is that? We have a lot of Irish girl. listeners. Huh? Irish are lovely people. We have Irish <clears throat> listeners. My whole family's out. My grandparents came over from Ireland, yeah, Timmy. Right. So I... That's why I tell them, don't marry an Irish woman. I know what they're like. I, I was raised by an Irish woman. It's terrible thing. The hot-headed, the crazy. Beautiful, though. Often they are, but I, mm-hmm. I I think that there should be this this story. I believe um, is a is a uh, 
cautionary tale that everybody should pay attention to because you need to know <laughs> Don't learn who you're marrying. Me. Do not learn that about this story. You need to know. You need to know who you're marrying because if you marry an Italian, okay? Oh, please. You don't know. Now you're going to insult Italians okay. with your listeners. We have plenty of Italian listeners in every one of them. I, I, if, if I'm wrong about you, okay, Please call me out on the page and say, I'm an Italian that doesn't have a bad temper. On our Facebook page. On our Facebook page. History Dweebs, the podcast. I, I, I challenge you to call me out if you're an Italian and you don't have a bad temper. Okay? Colonel, Every, it's awful. I grew up around Italian people. I know how they are. Oh, they, my God. They have they have horrid, horrid tempers. Now, they're, they're lovely people. See, this is not people. the lesson we want to be teaching here. This is not the point of the story. <laughs> this is... This is kind of going the other direction, Carl. No, I'm just saying. Yes, I know what you're saying. Some, you're, you're, I, I'm kind of agreeing. You're, you're, there needs to be some disclosure that, uh, you know, my mama, my mama's Italian. I'm half Italian. Too, it's right. like, oh, here we go. All right. Or I wish Brandy was here because she would hit you or something and then you would shut up. <laughs> so anyway, back to Kip, okay? Kip and his family. So his his uncle, you know, he created the stir. A uh, generation before, when he married a young servant girl who was Irish. Okay, so this family's went through this before. Kip graduated from high school in 1921, and he took a position in his family's company. Of course, he did because you know he was 18, stuttered, and wasn't very good in school. Um, he stood to inherit uh, the vast family fortune and the real estate business from his father. One of his great passions was driving an automobile, which was a relatively new invention uh, back in the 1920s. Uh, he loved cars, and he became a pretty good driver, and he became a pretty good mechanic. He would often spend weekends motoring around New England. I always maybe I picture him with a scarf and the yeah, goggles on and little leather helmet. Yeah, he probably looked pretty debonair. Um, so he would spend the weekends motoring, as they were saying, around New England. It was on one of these adventures that the socially awkward Kip met a young woman named Alice Beatrice Jones. We'll call Alice from now on, Alice Jones. Alice was 21, so she was three years older than Kip, an older woman, Colonel. Well, you know, I love me an older woman, too. Yeah, you, you, like the, you like the cougars, don't you? I like the cougars, and you know why? So for you, an older woman would be someone mm. like in the mid-70s? They don't, they don't get much older now, Colonel, when you're, no. when you're, when you're 53, <laughs> man. No, to me, an older woman is, uh, is they don't have to be older than me. I, I'd say, now see, me and you have different cutoff points. Right. Your cutoff point, what would you say? You, what, what's your 25. Absolute, 25, so that's Oh, no, 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 no. 25 is the, uh, the That's what range. I mean, That's the low range. Lowest. Yes, yes. For lowest. me, the absolute lowest range, I'd probably say it's 35. Okay. 35, because... Women are inherently crazy. And, and I know all of our listeners there were, you know, all the ones who are like uh, 36, 37, they're just, you know, sweating it out, glad that they made the glad, cut. And, you know, there's poor Jennifer Burdock, you yeah. know, that beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. She's just thinking, oh, no, I'm too young for the yeah, colonel. What just am I going to do? But the good thing is your, 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 your level, your standard there stays static. So even when you're 74, exactly, it's still going to be, be 35. 35. And Mick Jagger, he's in his 70s. He just had a baby this week. No, oh, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> but, I uh, love reading the comments, though. People are so judgmental about it. <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, like every other one is something like, oh, they're both being diapers. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, take a look at these comments. There's about 2,000 comments. Every other one There's makes an original here. Yeah, so. every one, uh, other one of them makes a comment about diapers. So come on, be a little bit more creative than that. Anyway, back to our story. He's starting to look like Keith Richards, though. Yeah, but man, he's always looked old. He, he looked old when he, he was like look a teenager. Old. But you know, he's he's eight. Hey, you know the kid, got, and the kid is alive. He's he still got you know, the swimmers, man. He's still I guess. got the swimmers. You know, the kid is going to exist. You know, people are like, oh, the kid, when his dad will be dead by the time he's in high school. Well, yeah, but lot. he's alive. <laughs> There's a lot of kids whose kid, dads are dead well, by exactly. the time they're in high school. So you got a choice of never existing or, you know, being wealthy, wouldn't have no old man around to bug you. Yeah. So anyway, back to our story. I, I, I wouldn't want to have no more kids, though. I, no. Actually, I would. I was around my great. My grit. Well, I mean, if you were wealthy years. enough and you didn't have to, you know, you if you had the money as Keith or as Mick Jagger. Well, Donald Trump, he's 70 years old. He's got a 10-year-old. Yeah, well, so. he had it. So he was 60, late 50s or something. Yeah, That's but it's still, I think the thing that would be harder to do now is, you know, you, you play baseball and stuff. Play with peekaboo him. with him. You have a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> or you play hide-and-seek and forget where the hell you are. Yeah, the kids don't play baseball. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You know, you go hide in the closet, yeah. and you can't find your way out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think kids play baseball anymore, so. They you, don't, the little bastards. You can't play, if you can't, you can have kids as long as you can play Nintendo with them. Or, <laughs> yeah. Uh, See, I can't even do that because yeah. of my Cause thumbs. Cause my thumbs, thumbs are all fucked yeah. up. So anyway, Alice and uh, Kip meet, right? And uh, unlike Kip, Alice came from a very modest background. Her family was of modest means. Uh, both her mother and father immigrated from England. Uh, they worked as servants. Her father was a uh, taxi cab driver, uh, and Alice worked as a domestic. Not for the Kip or Rhinelander family, right? She, mm-hmm. they didn't work, she didn't work for the family, but that was her job. She worked as a domestic. So they met. Um, Kip and Alice meets in 1921 um, when Alice was working as a domestic. Uh, but the class difference uh, didn't matter to Kip. He was struck by Alice. She was very beautiful, very adolescent, you know, very charming. Um, and she did not judge him. In fact, at first, it was a while before that she even knew he had money. Um, she thought he was like a driver for someone who had money because he was driving this automobile. So she assumed that he was, uh, you know, he, he was like a chauffeur or something. Mm, makes uh, sense. She did not judge him. Uh, due to his stuttering, but instead told him that that made him unique and that she she found it uh, appealing. So the two have this passionate uh, romance. They quickly fall in love. Um, they exchange a very passionate love letters, each proclaiming their undying love for each other. They would share poems. Uh, despite her limited education, uh, Alice was quite an excellent writer. On weekends, uh, Kip would drive to visit her, uh, and Alice became his first real girlfriend. So far, so good, right? So far, she liked to start, and I, not to go down another rabbit hole, but I got to tell you this, Timmy. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I had a, had a uh, third baseman, mm-hmm. had a horrible, horrible, horrible stutter. Okay. Which was fine. 
Until, you know, baseball, you get two out. You know, you mm-hmm. get an out, and your infielders are yelling to the outfielders, two down, right, right. whatever, you know. And then to the infielders, two down, plays at first, right. whatever. It'd take the boy five minutes to get through that. <laughs> <laughs> and you would be standing on the mound. Oh, yeah, I bet infield chatter was a real and, hoot. Yeah, and you'd hear it. And, you know, I don't want to make fun of anybody. So right. him, but he, he'd be like... Uh, and you think, or you know, when you have conferences on the mound, and right. he's starting to talk, and he's starting exactly. to start, and his his stutter as he got more excited, his stutter got worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you just be standing there. Oh, what's his name? We got to give him. We got a name. What's his first name? Huh? What was his first name? His first name was Rodney. Okay, Rodney. So the stuttering Rodney. Stuttering Rodney. So you'd be standing there, but the thing was, you knew what he was gonna say. Mm-hmm. But you, you had to so, wait around for him to say it. No, we, no, we just finish it for him uh-huh. because you know you know how baseball is. Right. You, you don't have any compassion or pity on your teammates. You know it's not a sensitive and that place. and and that infill chatter. You're just it's just gibberish anyway most of the time. It is just gibberish, <laughs> and sometimes you would have to tell him, "Would you just shut the hell up?" <laughs> and uh, but it yeah. yeah. All it right, was, so. Kip was the same way, but Alice overlooked that because she was in love, right? She 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 thought that made him different, and uh, so it was a match made in heaven. For the first time in his life, like I said, Kip had met someone who accepted him as he was and loved him. In 1921, Kip and Alice uh, were young in love and started to plan a future together, Colonel. They you did. know this is not going to end well. No, yeah. no, no, no. Right. So when uh, Kip announced to his plans to marry Alice to his father, his father was not very pleased. Now, at this point, the only thing he knew about Alice was that she was a domestic, worked as a domestic, and there was this whole issue of class, right? Because mm-hmm. they were part of New York's high society. They were very wealthy. And uh, here's this young girl that's stolen his son's heart, and she's, you know, just a common, uh, everyday person. She's not well-educated, doesn't come from, you know, a wealthy or a uh, prominent family. She just works as a, uh, as a maid. So they were not happy with that, and they did everything they could to break Kip and Alice up. Um, because, as I said, she came from this, you know, at the point, that point, they thought she came from this social, a different social economic class, and that it was belittling for someone of Kip's stature, who was going to inherit the family fortune, to marry someone outside of his class. Uh, Kip's father made many attempts to break up the young couple. He threatened to disinherit Kip and made several attempts to pay Alice off to stay away from her son. But, um... The attempts failed. Um, Kip, uh, despite his father's threats, and Alice, despite uh, being offered money um, to ditch uh, Kip, um, (laughs) they remained loyal to each other. And the attempts to break them apart um, all ended in failure. And as you know, Colonel, having, um, having kids... A lot of times, uh, any interference is going to have the opposite effect on a young couple. That's why I tell my boys, and my boys haven't, they're not smart enough to catch on, but I'll be like, you know what, you know, what are you doing tonight? Mm-hmm. 
You should go out and try See if you can't drink 24 beers today. Ah, okay. You didn't, I bet a little, you can't drink 24 A little, a little reverse psychology on Yeah, they're too dumb to figure it out. Yeah. So the young couple. Uh, and I always tell them, whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. don't don't have protected sex. It's just a big waste of time. Yeah. You know, don't, because, don't waste that money on condoms when you can have kids. Yeah, and I always tell them the kids, <laughs> the kids aren't that bad. And, you know, chlamydia only burns a little bit. Yeah. So just, don't worry about it. Burn, it just burns when you pee. It just burns when you pee. And, well, it burns yeah. most of the time, but... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, is there something you would like to do? I've heard. I've been I, told I by see. a friend. Uh, you saw that on Wikipedia. Saw it on National Geographic. I got so, young and in love, the couple, Colonel, decided to get married. Well, as they often do. Yeah. So, um, Kip and Alice were married on October 14th, 1924. Shortly after Kip turned 21 years old, Mrs. Colonel, she tried to get my family tried to pay her off to go. Did yeah. really? Oh yeah. And they were doing that for her benefit. <laughs> for her benefit. <laughs> right. yeah, they were like, we don't want to see you go, go through this, sweetheart. Here's a bus ticket to somewhere, a one-way <laughs> ticket. And just get out of this, please. Uh, so anyway, um, they get married, and uh, Kip turns 21. He inherits three hundred thousand dollars from his grandfather. The That's couple. Back when, Timmy? This is 1924, October 14, 1924. The couple then move into uh, Alice's parents' house in Pelham Manor, New York. Very modest little house. As I said, her dad was a taxi driver. So they set up home. You know, they set up house in her mother, her parents' home, right? So uh, Kip uh, does not tell his family that he got married. Because he knew that his father would disapprove, he continued to go to work at the family family's business. But uh, the couple attempted to keep their marriage a secret, so they wouldn't have to confront, you know, his father. He wanted to put that off as long as possible. Now, when a um, Rhinelander or a Vanderbilt or a Rockefeller gets married in New York City at that time, it was big news, right? Yeah. So um, often when a uh, marriage certificate was filed with the city clerk of courts, um, you know, as I said, at the time, New York City had about 50 newspapers. Um, Reporters would go through those uh, filings you know, to see if anything uh, is going on with someone of you know who's prominent or newsworthy. Well, one reporter found that um, found the marriage certificate of uh, Leonard Kip Rhinelander. And, and to me, that three thousand, three hundred thousand, be roughly five million today. A lot, of, a lot of, a lot of scratch. Yeah. So. Um, this reporter, he finds out, it finds this marriage certificate, and he goes to interview Kip. Now, they're trying to keep this marriage secret, right? So they pay him off, right, to not announce the marriage in the paper. Okay? Uh, so they live their life, you know, day to day. Kip is going to work. He's coming home to that, the little house that they share with her parents. All is, you know, this is their honeymoon phase, right? Well, it 
they were able to keep the marriage secret for a while, but eventually other members of the press found out about it. And that when they went to try to buy him off, um, this one particular reporter uh, would not accept the bribe. So you can't buy people off. You got to kill them too. Yeah. Well, they probably shouldn't have done that in this case. Anyway, because of the Rhinelander's fortune and social standing, um, once they discovered that uh, Kip Rhinelander was married, they did a little bit of digging about his bride, Alice, Alice Jones. And what the reporters discovered was not only was Alice Jones of a working uh, of the working class, but her, her father George was born in the West Indies, which made him African American. Oh no! So not only it didn't did make him African American, just made him black. Maybe he was African American that got shipped because well, I think the Indies were part of the slave trade. They were part of the whatever the case. He was he was black. Part he black. was of a very very dark pigment. And um, Alice, um, you know, was then a, a mix of mixed race, right? Mm-hmm. Now, so not only did the reporters discover that Alice was, he, you know, that a Rhinelander married someone outside their class, but they also, Rhinelander, had married someone who uh, was a mixed race. That hit the pages of the New York Times, and all the major newspapers in not only New York City, but across the country. I mean, this was big news. Yeah, of course it was. Um, When Kip's father read about this in the paper... Oh, you know, he had to have a stroke. He hit and found out that Alice's father was partly black. He hit the roof. Yeah, he's probably like Thomas Jefferson, too, had two black mistresses on the side. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he was hypocritical, but he, he, you know, he flipped out. Um... So he threatened to disown his son. Uh, he threatened to sue the newspapers. I mean, he threatened, you know, he's, he's, he's pulling all the strings, right? And he's doing everything he can. He gets his son, threatens to fire his son from the family business. He threatens to uh, withhold his further inheritance. He's going to, he inherited some money from his grandfather, but, he was, uh, but Kip stood in line to inherit a good portion of his father's wealth. And remember, uh, they'd already cut one branch off the family yes, tree here. Yeah, for yeah, less, for far yeah, less than that. Uh, yeah, Philip uh, Rhinelander's brother. And, he just married an Irish person. Yeah. So, um, anyway, the uh, an article was printed in the New York Times. The headline read on November thirteenth, nineteen twenty-four. The new, uh, I'm sorry, not the New York Times, the New Rochelle Standard Star printed the story with the headline: Rhinelander's son. Mary's daughter of collared man. So, crap hit the fan, right? Uh, other papers picked up the story. It became a national story. Uh, old man Rhinelander is about ready to stroke out, uh, threatening his son. Um, and soon, uh, the uh, young couple, the young married couple, became... Uh, part of a media circus. There were reporters stationed outside the Jones's home. Uh, photographers would, would climb in trees across the street 
much like they did during the, you know, like you see during the uh, Lindenberg kidnapping. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, you just had reporters everywhere. And the Brad Pitt it, wedding. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. It was it was a media frenzy. Um, again, it was all over the the press, all over the national headlines. As Alice became the first black woman, uh, she was mixed race, but then we'll talk a little bit later about the one drop rule. Basically, if you have one drop of non-white blood, you were considered a mixed race. Damn, what are we, Aryans or Yeah, something? yeah. And, you know, probably if they did DNA, there'd be very few pure white people you know, DNA testing. But this was a different time. But anyway, we'll get to that in a little bit. But she was the became the first black woman listed on the social registry in New York. So, again, newspaper reporters camped outside the couple's home. Photographers climbed trees outside their modest little house taking pictures. Uh, and they become, you know, you know, it's sort of paparazzi, right? They become mm. targets for this paparazzi, uh, this uh, crush of reporters. Um, Kip would have to rush past them every day when he went to work. Uh, at his office, where he, I mean, he was working for the family, no one approached him about the news, but he could tell that the other employees' behaviors by their other—he could tell by the other employees' behaviors that, uh, you know, the rumor mill was in full swing. People, <laughs> yeah. people knew by the twenty-five foot perimeter they said around. Yeah, him. yeah, he was getting the cold shoulder. Even his, even his own employees, people he managed was <laughs> when giving you're the, the boss and yeah. people are giving you shit. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um, Alice could not leave the house to even go to the local market market without being harassed by reporters. Uh, again, every time she stepped out of the house, there were photographers waiting to take her picture. Now, despite this uh, intense media scrutiny and the pressure uh, from his father and family, Kip um, stood by his bride. He wanted he, he was in love with Alice and he wanted to be married. This lasted for about three weeks, and <laughs> after three weeks of pressure from his family and his uh, father, particularly, specifically, of uh, three weeks of being ostracized and part of this, you know, being part of this media circus, Kip disappeared. And uh, two weeks later, his family uh, attorney filed for an annulment. And now, remember, we said there was no law against the races in New York at the time. There were no law against interracial marriage, right? Uh, but Kip claimed that he wanted an annulment um, because uh, the—let uh, me say, I mean, step back. The attorney who filed the lawsuit for the family requested an annulment by claiming that Alice had deceived Kip regarding her race. So, in other words, there was no law against a white person marrying a black person. But it they had in order for a marriage to be valid in the day and probably still today, they had to be what was called uh, in, in under law, it's called a meeting of the minds. Mm-hmm. And so essentially he was claiming fraud, right? That she presented herself as white. And what, you know, you probably heard the term passing colonel, meaning that you know, a, a, a person uh, would try to pass for a different race. So, so it would be like she was trying yeah. to pass as a white person. So 
that was the the cause of action for the annulment. They were claiming that Alice misrepresented her race to Kip. Um. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Alice, of course, as you can imagine, was heartbroken. Unable to reach Kip, I mean, this is time, I guess there was telephones around, but, you know, she, her family probably didn't have a telephone. Unable to reach Kip and feeling completely betrayed by the man that um, she loved, Alice contemplated suicide. Uh, She didn't kill herself, though, because... Although it's never been confirmed, it she was had five million dollars. Why she would kill? Well, not at that point. She didn't. It was although it was never confirmed, but it there were rumors that Kip had sent an attorney um, to represent Alice and paid for her legal fees. He and asked her um, through his attorney to fight the annulment. What Kip wanted to do was to go to court. The court to deny the annulment. And he thought they could get along. You know, they're married, right? So mm-hmm. you had to have cause for divorce. Unless both parties at the time, you had to have a cause. You couldn't just, unless both parties agreed, right? So Kip's thinking was, you know, he'll pay for her to get an attorney. They'll fight the annulment. She'll win. And, you know, and then he can be, you know, he said, he can tell his father, look, we tried. We tried. Happily and, ever after. Yeah, exactly. That was the plan. Um. At the time, Alice came down. Uh, she was suffering from tuberculosis, and she was very. She had the consumption. She had the consumption. She was very ill. Now she lives through. She lives past that, but. So you know, here she is. She must feel all alone, right? The man she loves is gone. He's fallen for an annulment. You know, she's sick. So, reluctantly, Alice agrees to fight the annulment. And as we said, in the South at the time, there were laws against interracial marriage. It wasn't the case in New York. Um, but she had to, uh, he had, uh, Kip's lawyers were going to try to prove that uh, the marriage was a fraud, that she had, in fact, uh, 
uh, misled him, that basically playing in the stereotypes of the time as the loose Jezebel, that she was seducing this uh, socially awkward, stuttering, dim-witted boy to get him to marry her so that, you know, she could collect the fortunes of the family. So that's the, that's the argument, that's the case that the uh, uh, Rhinelander's attorney uh, was going to pursue. But Kip um, is believed to go kind of backdoor approach. He hires her an attorney to fight the case so that they can be together, okay? Um, and as I said, race was... So they had two arguments. First, um, first they thought, the, uh, the attorney for the family thought that uh, Alice was going to claim that she was white, that, that you know, that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that race, uh, that, you know, that she was a white person, and thus, you know, this whole uh, idea of her not disclosing the fact that she was uh, of mixed race uh, would been null and void. But to their surprise, Alice did not uh, fight that. And, they, and again, one of the reasons probably she didn't fight the that uh, was that, um, as we mentioned, states often use a test that was called uh, the one-drop rule. Now, New York mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, New York did not have these uh, uh, prohibitions against interracial marriage, but they followed the same rule that the, was f- followed in, in the southern states that did, and that was the one-drop rule, that if the person had one drop of non-white blood in their veins, they would consider to be non-white. And, like, you know, t- now we know that's kind of ridiculous because, let's face it, if, if they did DNA tests on me and you, I mean, you know, hard, hard to tell how many different races we are, right? Well, and like I say, I, you should have to disclose before if you have one drop of Italian blood in you. No, Colonel, that's not right. Have you dealt with a lot of Italian women? Have you uh, went out with Italian women? I have. I've dated Italian women. They're lovely people. So now, Colonel... Tell us what happens as this thing goes to court. Well, she can't go with the one dropper or anything else because her, her father, her father obviously is African American. Right. So the determination of a race was definitely a factor here. But if you see pictures of Allison, we'll post pictures of him on our Facebook page. Um, you know, and this sounds kind of a racist thing to say, but she, you could see that she she looked white, if whatever that mm-hmm. means. You know yeah. what I mean. If, yeah. Just by glance, you would think she was Caucasian. So, the, well, the question became really, did Alice mislead Kip into thinking? Because visually, right, um, you right, know, she was she wasn't she, she wasn't denying that she was mixed race. Her claim was she never misled anyone, right? Yeah. And maybe she maybe he never even asked. Uh, but anyway, the annulment filed by Kip's attorneys asserted that Alice had intentionally deceived Kip by hiding a true race and passed as a white woman. Now, Kip later said Alice hadn't deceived him outright, but did so by letting him believe it was a lie of omission. She did not state she was not white. So Alice's attorney, a family friend, denied Kip's claim on her behalf, saying that uh, her mixed race was obvious and Kip was aware of this at the time of the marriage. Now, the ensuing divorce trial in New Rochelle became known as Rhinelander v. Rhinelander and attracted national attention. Rylander's attorney was Isaac Mills, a former New York Supreme Court justice. 
Alice retained a former protege of Mills, Lee Parson Davis. This all contributed to the speculation that Kip was actually covering legal fees and hoping the marriage would be found valid. Yeah, because he was a pretty good defense attorney for someone who to who was just a you know who had of modest means. You know yeah. what I mean? It would be hard to afford someone of his stature. Now the jury was all white and all male. Oh, this is going to end well. Yeah, all my all male, all white jury. Yeah. So, the New York Supreme Court Justice Isaac Mills as was a trial counsel. Um, now, Mills delved into the nature of the personal relationship between Lynn and Alice. He used the race and her lower-class upbringing against her. He wanted to illustrate that Alice used sex to trick Leonard into marrying her. Now, women have used sex before to get their way, Carl. If, Timmy, if it weren't for sex, nobody'd be getting married. Well, no I mean, ma- no lawns would be getting mowed. That's for damn sure. <laughs> that's, for, that's for goddamn sure. <laughs> Have you now tell me tell me one time? If you Tim. ever go buy a house, it's it's, it's got a poorly kept lawn. lawn. Mm-hmm. No one's getting laid in that exactly. house. Exactly. Yeah. That, and you know what? This is why I don't like Doctor Phil. Mm-hmm. Doctor Phil, if I ever run into you on the street, I'm a so you're calling. Your you're, big last time you called out anonymous. Yeah, and you know what? What? I still got forty two dollars in my checking All account. Right, Screw so. you, anonymous. Okay. Now but you're calling out Doctor Phil. Now I'm not calling out Doctor Phil. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to punch him right in his fat-ass mouth. Why is that, Colonel? I'm watching a show, okay, on uh-huh. the, uh, Dr. Al. It was on by accident because I would never have that big. <laughs> you you never watch it unintentionally. Like, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And he says to this couple, and it's specifically to the man, sex is not a reward. It's not? Well, I, and I told Renee, I said, if sex is not a reward, then the grass does not get cut, the furnace does not get fit. I ain't doing a goddamn thing around this house because yeah. the only thing I do this for, it's just like I ain't a know, handyman. You're, you're just like Pavlov's dog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sex ain't a reward. What the hell are you talking about? The only reward that we care about is sex. Exactly. So, Dr. And Phil, cookies. And, and food. Yeah. yeah. But they should take his. They should take whatever license in the end yeah, away. Yeah. Because that was clearly um that was clearly that clearly showed incompetence on yeah. his part. It showed a, a misunderstanding of the human condition. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, I mean and I'm sure, you know, hookers were aghast to hear him say <laughs> they, that. They were. <laughs> sex is their reward. I mean exactly. you for, men paid for sex. That's yes. what so uh, That's what we do. That's what we do well. Yeah, we either we, pay for it or we mow lawns. We we worry. Really, we worry about one, three. Well, really, things. I mean, I mean, let's face it. If the Mrs. Colonel didn't do the laundry, would you be putting out? No, that's right. No, I mean, if Miss if I come home mm-hmm. and dinner ain't warm and on the table and yeah. I don't like it, Miss Colonel ain't getting on that night. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Miss Colonel know that. Yeah. So anyway, Timmy. My my ex used to tell me she was going to cut me off, and I'd tell her, you don't even know where I'm getting it. <laughs> so continue, Colonel. I'm going to have to try that one on Mrs. Colonel. All right. Well, now simultaneously, simultaneously he portrayed Leonard as a dupe. A boy who <laughs> now, here's your lawyer. He's representing <laughs> you. My client. Uh, yeah, this guy's a retard over here. He can't tell the difference between a black woman and a white woman. My client. Let's say something there. <laughs> <laughs> Recite the Gettysburg Address there, Kipper. 
I'm sorry, I was in my Porky Pig. <laughs> yeah. Porky Pig did okay. He was a stutter. He did okay. Oh, he did good with the ladies. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the lawyer... He married Bass, right? Porky and Bass. Porky and Bass. He yeah. would refer to his client as the dummy on my left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so the guy is play, is portraying his client, Pip, as, you know, mildly retarded or something. Yeah, and he did not possess the faculties to make rational and good decisions to avoid the temptations of a woman of color, Timmy. Yeah, again, playing to that Jezebel type of, the, you know, seductress. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, now Mill sought to prove that Alice duped Leonard about her non-white ancestry and lured him into marriage through sexual wiles. Oh, my God. Well, that's how most, most people get married, though. <laughs> that's the reason I got married. I got married when I was 23 years old. That's the reason I... It wasn't because she could cook, because she couldn't cook a damn thing when she was 20 years old. So, so, yeah, so uh, he's claiming that she seduced him uh, with sex to get him to marry her. So, you know, he's this bumpkin. He doesn't know any better. She seduces him with sex to marry him so she can get the family. Which is, I mean, you could pretty much. That's a good plan. (laughs) You can get a man to do damn near anything for sex or a good pizza. Yeah. I mean, that's the two things that we have a weakness for. And he introduced some tawdry love letters, Timmy. Just tawdry. Yeah. Well, they both wrote love letters, but they, they, they read her love letters in courtroom, and they, you know, it was typical stuff. Do you want to? Oh, they read? had to clear the women from the courtroom. Yeah. yeah. You want to read them? They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're not that tawdry. Oh, listen to some of the predatory passages. All right. This, this is her love letters that she wrote. This deviant sexual beast, Alice wrote. Okay. How I could caress you, dear, because you know you love to caress your dear. Caress, mm. You love me to caress you, de- you dear. Yeah. That's how tawdry it was. Yeah. It's, it's shocking. And then there was some misspellings uh, and things with it. And they, they she was play- not a great speller. And they, yeah. they used that to, uh, you know, again, playing into the stereotype of, you know, this person who is uneducated, who is of a different class, socioeconomic standing, and a different race, seducing this fine, upstanding, although yeah. mildly retarded Kip. <laughs> Stuttering Kip. Stuttering kid. fool. Yeah. <laughs> Glass uh, okay. So anyway, yeah, that's how I could caress you, dear, because you know you love me to caress you, dear. That's oh. That's how. The, now, see, I yeah, get that, 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 that give you Woody there, Colonel. Just, just from our listeners, Timmy, uh-huh. I get ten texts worse than that every day. <laughs> and you good. women know who you are. You yeah. ought to be ashamed of yourself. But keep them coming. But keep them coming, yeah. please. <laughs> so, All right. Um, so they're playing. They're they're portraying her to be a little bit just uh, a, predatory. Oh yeah, she just preyed on the, on the poor retarded fool. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Mills used Alice's poor spelling and gramming to illustrate her low level of literacy and lack of upper class education. Additionally, as further evidence of Alice's oversexualized nature, 
Mills listed a testimony from Leonard about Alice's prior sexual encounters with another man. Oh my Ooh, God! So she was not pure when she came into this marriage. Yeah, Jenny. she had she had another boyfriend, and I guess the letters kind of like were saying, you know, I need a commitment to you, or you know, this guy is pursuing me, and you know, you know how it is when you're in a new yeah. relationship and you're not out of a relationship you're in, and it's going back and forth. And she, you know, she basically said, I want to know where I stand. Are you just using me? Or are you just, is, am I just, yeah. you know, something that uh, you use me just for sex? Or are we going to have a relationship? And, yeah. um, I mean, he had it letters. It took him to, 20 minutes to answer just yeah, a yes or no I know. question. So yeah, but he had letters, too. I mean, but they didn't present those letters in court. His was a lot steamier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were his, like. He could write better than the. Oh, come in. Refresh you. All right. Come on. We're sorry for anyone out there who stutters. We're just making fun of the story. Give it to you tonight. Call me daddy. Who's your dad? That would have sock, man. That would be a fucking bone killer, wouldn't it? That would be a bone killer, Especially when you're trying to give them direction, which you know they don't like to take direction right, anyway. Right. But, All right. In addition, he launched character assaults upon Alice and the family during the questioning, casting aspersions upon the choices of Alice's sister to marry a black man. Yeah, her sister married a black man, which, by the way, could be evidence to young stupid Kip there that <laughs> <laughs> she might be of mixed race. She might be. Now, upon Alice's mother, it, it cast aspersions, um, and Alice's mother mm -hmm. bore a child out of wedlock before marrying George uh, Jones. My goodness. Not the country singer, George. He's, no, but, you know. He stopped loving her I know. today. <laughs> no, they plays. Okay. All right. That's so, the worst George Jones I've ever heard. <laughs> so her dad, so... Her mother had a child out of wedlock years before. They, they in other words, they're trashing the whole family. The now. whole family got to. They're go trying down to make. Now. They're trying to paint them. They're as, going down like the Titanic. Right. They're, they're right. going down like a two dollar tie. Yeah. They're they're tra they're trying to paint the whole family as being of uh, lacking moral clarity. Yeah, <laughs> that's lacking moral clarity is a good one. Kip would not be able to say that as eloquently <laughs> as I. <laughs> no. but, and you know. When you the eloquent one, yeah, in the room, they, yeah. Me. <laughs> there's problems, right? So, All right. So now, what happens next? Now he whips out the marriage certificate in which he claimed Betsy had checked white under the box marked race. Okay, so reinforcing that she was misleading. She was misleading, but you know what? Kip. She was a half glass, half full, half empty. I mean, what else? what do you put on that? Well, you'll find out momentarily. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that she didn't Al actually fill it out. Alice's counsel, Lee Parsons Davis, this is her lawyer, sought to turn the tables upon Leonard Timmy. Yeah, her, 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 her attorney, he done some shameful things. He played into stereotypes, mm -hmm. but he was, uh, he was effective. Continue. So, Lee, Lee Parsons Davis, um, he was his grandson would go on to form the Alan Parsons Project. No, that's not true at all. Um, sought to turn the tables upon Leonard and corrected the notion that Leonard was a dupe tricked by Alice. 
He elicited verbal testimony from Leonard <laughs> as best he could. Uh, or I'm sorry, not Kip. Yeah, I'm Leonard and Kip saying Leonard. Yeah, that's it's Leonard's. Uh, yeah, Leonard. Uh, is, 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 yeah, is he tried to elicit name. verbal. He testimony. couldn't say Leonard, so they called him. Just kind of Kip. He tried kept to it to one syllable. <laughs> tried to elicit verbal testimony from Leonard, but the court reporter's hands broke down because no. he kept stuttering. <laughs> so, could you so, read that back to me, please? So they start asking Kip about his uh, about you know they start asking his doctors about him, and they they asked him yeah they they was trying to prove that he was competent yeah. basically. And he, he read love letters written by Ryan Lander, which detailed the couple's intimate sexual activity. Too. Yeah, so they did read some of his letters. Okay. He contended that Ryan Lander had seen Alice's dusky breasts and legs, mm. thus making it impossible. I'm going to have to take a minute here. Dusky breasts and legs. Making it impossible for him not mean? to have known. And I don't brown, know. Brown, I guess. But it, but a, you uh, know. Yeah, it was the color of her nipples is what they were getting at. Yeah, I've seen plenty of, uh, you know, she probably had dark nipples, and how many white women have dark nipples? Well, the... Nipples is like snowflakes, Timmy. It's all unique, and it's all special, and all beautiful, Timmy. I agree. I'm just saying that, you know, with with their stereotyping... Yeah. um, And at the time, uh, this becomes a key point in this whole case, is the uh, collar of her nipples. But continue. Annie showed that Rylander had clearly pursued her, overturning Mill's presentation of Rylander having been bewitched by an older woman. Yeah, um, he, you know, it, they, they got testimony from Rylander's uh, chauffeur, his uh, manservant, that, you know, that he was really in love with her. It wasn't a matter, and he was pursuing yeah. her. It wasn't a matter of her pursuing him. So the defense argued Alice didn't even complete the marriage certificate. It was a court clerk who checked white. And the most humiliating aspect of the case, Timmy. Yeah, this is kind of sad. Betsy was forced to disrobe and show her bad breasts to the all-white, all-male jury. Now you know these some bitches didn't need to see. They yeah. were talking about, oh, that dusky breasts, you said. Now, Joe, Your Honor, we would like clarification. Could you have yeah, a show horny of bastards, contest, please? Yeah, actually, yeah. it was her. It was her own attorney that did. You know that requested this. That mm-hmm. uh, this happened. But how, how humiliating for her to have to not only you know not only having to show it to a jury, but an all male jury, all yeah. a bunch of old white men. Oh yeah, uh, you she know, had to, yeah. Jury number three. Could you take your dick out your hand, please? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> yeah, I've got, hold on. It's sustained. It's sustained. It's sustained. So oh, anyway. <laughs> how humiliating for poor, poor Alice. Just juror number 11 just gooed down the back of juror number four. Just, it was not a, oh, it was not a yeah. pretty trial. No. Now, so the defense had to restore Alice's reputation in the eyes of the jury. In an unusual turn, Bob Bill star Al Jolson was called to testify that he... Al, the Al Jolson. The Al Jolson, blackface Al, was called to testify that he did not have an affair with Alice. Yeah, that was, there was some allegations by the, uh, by the Rhinelanders family attorney that she had had an, an affair with then-singer Al Jolson, mm-hmm. which was completely false. 
but they actually brought in the Alva Jolson to exa- uh, to cross-examine him or, or to, to to take his testimony that no, in fact, he had never had, he didn't know who the Alger was. <laughs> so it'd be like you, Colonel, getting divorced and uh, Mrs. Colonel claiming that you had sex with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And Bruce Springsteen would have to come in and testify. Have to come into, yeah, I did not, in fact, have I did sex not have with sex with that, that man. man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, so now, anyway, the case is given over to the jury. The jury, the judge instructed the jury by stating, "I know." Any one of you fine gentlemen... Oh, yeah, yeah, this set this up for a little bit. This is uh, a poignant part here. Yeah. Let's Listen slowly what read says. what the, the judge's... The judge's uh, instructions to the jury read yes. just verbatim. Mm-hmm. I know any one of you fine gentlemen would rather see your son in a coffin before married to a black woman. Oh, my God. No bias there. But when you decide this case, it must be decided by the facts. (laughs) He was progressive. He was a progressive judge. He's He's a regular. Oh, my gosh. He's like a a potential cabinet. Yeah, I'm telling you. He was like... uh, so now, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> it only took them an hour to deliberate. Uh huh. And here's what they found. Okay. What did they find, Colonel? That Alice was indeed, and I'm using air quotes here, colored. Okay. That she did not hide this fact with silence. That she did not conceal her race to get Leonard the slow-witted boy to marry her. Mm-hmm. Leonard knew she was not white, and. Leonard married Alice knowing she was colored. Mm-hmm. The court refused to annul the marriage. Now, although the jury found in Alice's favor, it was a shallow, shallow victory as a relationship had been permanently damaged. Uh, her and Kip relationship yeah. was Now, it took damaged. a few years for the trial for this controversy to fade away, and after the annulment suit, Leonard sued for divorce. While Alice sued Leonard for abandonment and Leonard's father for alienation of affection. Explain what that is, Colonel. Alienation, alienation of affection is... Um, it's a cause of action. It's right? a cause of action, yeah. Basically, you know those people who say they've been abducted by aliens? Mm-hmm. And they get, every one of them says they get an anal probe. Yeah, no, that's right? not what it is. That's alien, no. alien affection is an anal probe, Tim. It is where uh, a third party interferes with the marital relationship. So it is. Oh, you're uh, talking about alienation of yes, affection. Yes. I thought you were talking about alien I'm affection. Sorry, you were confused. Okay. Um, and it's still on the law. I mean, it's still in the books in a lot of states. And it, it it's used sometimes when there's people who have affairs mm-hmm. and a third party is involved and the uh, the. Uh, party who uh, say if a man and woman is married and he has an affair with another woman, the uh, wife or another man or another nothing man nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with it. But the wife could potentially have a cause of action and sue um, the new boyfriend or girlfriend um, for the alienation of her husband's affection or vice versa. Oh, Mrs. Colonel just, Miss Colonel throwing out restraining orders just for women looking at my butt well, in the grocery I mean, store. Yeah, I'm sure that that happens quite a bit. She's very protective of yeah. Mr. Colonel. Of her, of her property, right? Of her property. She's of got her, property rights. Of her chattel. Yeah, your chattel. Yeah. <laughs> so, you are her chattel. Now, with her parents' health failing and in need of money for the medical care, Alice finally agreed on a settlement. Yeah, she fought the divorce part. 
they were basically what they wanted to do. They were willing to pay her off. Mm-hmm. They being his family, uh, they were willing to settle the alienation of affection suit mm-hmm. if she would agree to divorce Kip. But she didn't want to divorce Kip, so they kept fighting it. Uh, but then her parents got ill. They needed med- money for medical uh, care. So finally she uh, she agreed to go ahead with the divorce and settle the case. Yeah, so what she got, Timmy, mm-hmm. she got $31,500. Okay. Now let's see what that would be in today's money. Okay. Um, let's see. It, it's probably a good chunk, but it certainly wasn't nothing compared to the uh, uh, Rhinelander fortune. That was, you know, they were multi multi millionaires. Four hundred forty thousand dollars. Okay. Timmy. Okay. And she also got an annuity, thirty six hundred, um, which is about forty thousand a year. Yeah, but and not today's money for life. Yeah, that wasn't. Although uh, it was never adjusted for inflation. Right. Now after the trial, Kip became an outcast in New York high society, probably because he's. I can't believe that Kip was all that popular in society to begin with. No, but, but he had a family name <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, and he got kicked out of clubs and had his memberships revoked. And yeah, and he was kicked out. He was taken off the. And they were taken off the social register, even Timmy. And I guess that was a big thing. I mean, I don't know why it would, be, but I yeah. guess it's a you know, it's important to some people. His father, I've never been on a social registry before. I've been on a couple, but I don't I've... worry about it. <laughs> Um, I know you've been on a couple of registries, but I've I didn't know. I've been a couple of <laughs> registries. I'm on the official, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the unofficial colonel uh-huh. uh, registry. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Now, the official one, that's just all politics. Yeah. I don't like to mess with those right. people. But I'm on the unofficial Ohio colonel registry. I didn't know they were Ohio colonels. They were Kentucky colonels. So you're saying there's Ohio colonels. Oh, there's Ohio colonels. Uh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be not one of them damn Kentucky colonels. Uh, okay. All right. Got to take your shoes so, off. So, all the time. Uh, so anyway, Kip is, becomes an outcast, is what you're saying. Well, and his father made him resign from the position because he said the employees lost respect for him for laying up with a colored woman, Timmy. Uh, laying up with. Now, see, t- Timmy, that's where laying up with any woman mm-hmm. should make you, uh, make you happy, but. Yeah. You know. All right, so he's, he's, he loses his job. Loses his job. He bought a little home in Long Island with his inheritance. He never left the house, had very few friends. Kip became more and more of a recluse. He never remarried or even dated again. Kip died of pneumonia when he was 32 years old, Timmy. That's pretty young. Died to of done. a broken heart. Upon his death, a trove of love letters were discovered in his home. He had written to Alice letters several times a week since their separation in 1924. And ma- na- never did mail, ma- 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 see? see, he's fucking with me already. Mm-hmm. Never did mail one of the letters to me. A trove, a treasure trove of them. So they find all these letters unsent. Unsent. And he died in what year? Um, he died in 1936. He so was 32 years old. So it was only about eight years after this. But for eight years, he'd been writing letters to this woman. Mm-hmm. So you know she was a, she was good and bad. Yeah, it sounded like he loved her. So what about Alice? Well, he's buried in the woodlawn in the Bronx. Now, okay. after his death in 1940, his estate continued the payments until 1941 when they this abruptly stopped. This is payment, stopped payments to payments to Alice. Alice. Okay. Alice took Philip Rhinelander's heirs, his daughter Adelaide, two nieces and two granddaughters, to court. After two years of court battle, the Supreme Court upheld the original settlement agreement and the heirs resumed the payments to her. Although Alice would live for 65 more years, 
she never married, had children, or even dated again. Yeah, so that was her one one true love. Yeah, she went through she went through batteries by the case, but she never dated <laughs> again, Timmy. So um, Alice, Alice was often contacted by reporters. She would she refused all interviews. 1956, at the age of 55, an undercover reporter befriended her at a diner that she frequented. Yeah, this is kind of a shit. It is. Reporters sometimes. Yeah, so this reporter befriends her to kind of get close to her. She doesn't claim to be, you know, she's undercover, so she doesn't tell her her that she's a reporter, Mm -hmm. and she's trying to get a story out of her, basically. Now, the reporter asked Alice if she still missed her husband. She said, yes, I do. The reporter, you know, gets... Pumps of information. Says, it sounds like a beautiful romance. Alice said, it certainly was. Alice got up, left the diner. After this incident, like Kip, Alice became a a recluse. Recluse, Timmy. A recluse. recluse. Yes. She became reckless. But she did not stutter like you or Kip. (laughs) Yeah, me. I got some problems today. All right. So she becomes a recluse. on September 13th, 1989 of a heart attack caused by a stroke and hypertension. How? 88 years old, Timmy. So she lived a long, a long life, a long time after Kip, but never married, never dated. Nope. And she's buried with the name Alice Rhinelander on her on her headstone. Timmy. Yeah, that's uh, it's cool. I I'll post a picture of that. She, she didn't she was didn't use the name of the rest of her life, but when she died, she was buried under tombstone Alice J Rhinelander. Yeah, and she's uh. She's still there today if you want to go visit her. <laughs> I guess she is. <laughs> oh, Colonel, what a tragic story and a love story. Oh, what a tangled web we weave, Timmy. Well, she wasn't. No, there was no deceit there. To, she didn't try to deceive anybody. She just no, he, to... Right. They just were in love and they wanted to live, uh, live together. But uh, it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, the... Uh, anti-miscegenation laws that prohibited interracial marriage, um, you can change the law, but you that's not necessarily going to change societal, the way society views things, right? And, and I'll it, tell you what, Kip, you take a good look at Kip, this son of a bitch was no goddamn cat. He was no prize. He wasn't now, a he handsome was no man. Prize. Now, she was not an unattractive yeah, woman. Yeah, she, she was attractive. But, uh, Kip... But, you know, it's weird that, uh, that we'll post pictures on our Facebook page, History of the Podcast. The weird thing is, you know, to, as we were talking earlier, that these uh, anti-miscegenation laws were, you know, as recent as 1967. I yeah. mean, they were in our lifetime. And then, you know, I, I had an interracial marriage. My, my, uh, ex-wife is Asian. She's Cambodian. Um, so, you know, it's kind of hard to conceptualize that in my lifetime, had we been a generation before, you mm-hmm. know, right, there would have been some states where we couldn't have been married. I mean, it's just it's just hard to wrap your mind around that. It's, it's such a oh, it is. weird thing. And, um, and, you know, the states would argue that uh, the marriages, as they did with gay marriage, that you know, it poses a lot of uh, hardships even on the couple. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, That's when my thing. ex-wife and I uh, would have fights, and people would say, uh, you know, is it because of culture or whatever? 
No, you know, it's because women are crazy. That's why <laughs> we find out we find about things everyone else. Yeah. Money or me not picking up my socks. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the type of thing we and find see, that's over. What I'm ta- that's what I was talking about before. The only difference is, Timmy, now your wife was Cambodian. Mm-hmm. And you didn't pick up the socks. She gets a little bit aggravated. An Italian will stab you for that shit, Timmy. <laughs> anyway, I mean, uh, and, and my I point being, uh, yes, you are. People, you are. You are disparaging. You should be. You're stereotyping. Men, men, I'm just telling you, be wary. Italian women are beautiful. They lure you in, and then they they they're scary. They're just downright <laughs> scary, Timmy. But my my point is. I don't know what my point was. Oh, when you're when you're in an interracial marriage, uh, and you have problems, it become it, it is very. You have to be careful because it's easy to blame the cultural differences, right? It's easy mm-hmm. to blame your problems on that. And like you said, you know, we we argued like about things that everyone, every other couple argued about. You know, yeah. so. Sad, sad story for Kip and story, Alice. We're sorry. Did. We don't want to depress everyone. We know we we you know you love those cheery stories about people being mutilated and well, chopped next up week, and the devil ate. will be back here and um, all semblance of religion and goodness and, and intelligence. And intelligence, yeah. yeah. I mean, these high level podcasts that we do. We well, could I, never do dumber. this with the devil. No, no, with the devil, no. because she would have been making fun of the. The oh, stutter. she'd been making. Oh, yeah, she um, would have been making fun of Kip the whole. She liable to break out at any given time with some kind of inappropriate racial stuff. Oh, she is. You don't know yeah. what she's going to be. You like. never know about Brandy. So, no. we, on these sensitive subjects, we we leave that we to just wait mean, until she's because not we're here. we're sensitive. We're sensitive men. Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah. We are men of a sensitive nature. We, we most certainly are. Now, Colonel, do you have any shout outs for us? I've got tons of shout outs. Lay them on me, Colonel. All right, I've got. Um, who do we always start with? The lovely Tasha out there in California. Very, very beautiful young lady. Very beautiful. Um, so, Tasha, hello to you, sweetheart. Jeff Girdley. Jeff, good guy. Sam Hildebrand. Hey, Sam. Rebecca Montanelli. Rebecca, thank you for being Sound active like on our she page. might be Italian. And okay. I'm sure she's very lovely and has no temper at all. Well, okay, well, you can, we'll go with that. Of course, we got Jennifer and Linda Siemens. We get them in the first one, but I'm going to get her in the second one, Hey, too. Jennifer. Um, and I'm going to get Cindy Lou, even though she's already been covered because she sent me a birthday. Now, Cindy Lou has a temper. Let's, let's face Cindy it. Cindy Lou's a lunatic. She would kick your ass. And I don't know. And You know she's Italian. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I know that, name. but I'm not she saying got, that. She, I'm not saying that she... Is, uh, Does her uh, last name end with a vowel? To I, I'm, I'm not saying that has anything to do with her heritage. I'm just saying she's a badass. She will whip your ass. Yes. She will whip we your love ass. Cindy Lou. And she, we love Cindy Lou, but you know she got a terrible temper, and you know she's going to kick your ass. So, Missy Dean Horton. Missy, thank you for being active on her page and listening. Uh, Britt and Chris, of course. Down there in Georgia. I might see them. I'm going to be in Atlanta, I think, for New Year's. So oh, really? Yeah, I may look them up because they are uh, they they were kind enough the last time. I, I just didn't have, uh, last time I was in Atlanta, I was, went down to see a friend. I didn't have much time. Uh, but they were kind enough. They invited me out and wanted to go to a strip club. Oh, no uh, kidding. Yeah, which would have been a whole lot of fun. But unfortunately, I didn't have time. So I may uh, uh, meet up with them uh, over New Year's. We'll see. Let's see, and our, our doc, should we call him Dr. Jeff? 
Dr. Jeff, Jeff, Dr. Jeff Chestnut down there in the Dominica saving yeah. lives, doing the Lord's work. Doing the Lord's work. Gotta love him. Teresa Slavin, Tommy Boomershine. Tommy Boomershine. Sean and Larry wonder what good works they're off. Another to another couple who is very yeah. uh, social, probably, con- social conscious. I bet they're down in Gatlinburg That's rebuilding stuff. Uh, right, they're, right they're, all they're, they're all over there. They're all over. They're out the place. South Dakota, you know, rerouting mm-hmm. the, the pipeline. And I we got know. Colton. Well, we got good work. Phyllis Munson, of course. Phyllis, thank you for listening. The Trowbridges. Yes. Um, another late, lovely lady, Aaron Wentz. Yes, Aaron, thank you for listening. Um, Aaron, I, I, and I only see her pop up, and I, you know how I know Aaron's a good woman? How? I, she she listens pops to up, the podcast. She listens to the podcast. In a profile picture, Timmy, she's holding a dog. Oh, so she has to be a good person. Yeah, it ain't a dog like Rudy. It's a little dog, but mm-hmm. it's still a dog. And speaking of great women with dogs, okay. Donna Curran. Donna is very kind and nice lady, and she's always posting on our page, and we appreciate mm-hmm. it, Donna. Brian and Lisa Lawton to to a couple that just marches to their own drummer, Timmy. Yes, and, and I like them. Olivia Meyer, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and the little lovely Fallon. Yes, the lovely Fallon, who we, for some reason we thought I thought she was in Ireland, and she's not. She's in. Texas, I think. Yeah, she's down in she's down in Texas. Yes, and she. I had no uh, idea why I thought she was in Ireland, but uh, I think Francis is in Ireland, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Francis is Francis is in Ireland. Okay. Yes. So you uh, um, you offended her earlier in your Irish remarks earlier. Well, I'm Irish, so I can say what I want. No, you don't Irish get to people. say that. See, here's the thing: because you're Irish, you get to insult the Irish. Because you have gay children, you get to insult the gays. Right. You just can't. Right. No, you don't. You don't get to yeah. do that. Why no, not? no. I'm not insulting gays. I'm just saying you don't they, get to. They, you don't get to be uh, racist or homophobic just because you got gay children or you 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 got re- ancestors from Ireland. You just don't get to do that. I, I, okay, that's your... You, we're going to have to just agree to disagree on that one, Timmy. <laughs> if I get to live with two gay children and, and grandparents that came from Ireland that acted like lunatics, you know why people always say this? You know why people always say the Irish are drunk and fighting all the time? Why? Because they are. Because <laughs> it ain't a damn that's stereotype. That's how they lived their damn lives. That's how I grew up. Continue, Timmy, I had to grow around continue with, with your shout-outs. Okay, let's get to somebody who's non-Irish or non-Italian Okay, and just beautiful, Katja. Katja is very beautiful. Are you going to say something bad against the uh, nope. Danes? You cannot go wrong with a Dane. Cannot go wrong no. with a Dane. Uh, you cannot. Here's another a- really, really great one for you, Timmy. Bridget Clavier. And wouldn't you say, is she better than good? Bridget or Katja? Uh, Katja. Better than good? Yeah, wouldn't you say she's better than good? I'd say she's angelic, Timmy. Okay, but what's better than good? What's what's great? up? Great. And she's a great. She's a great Dane. Yes. She's a great Dane, Timmy. Yes. Sorry, Katja. It was a long way for a bad joke, but. <laughs> and the lovely Bridget Clavy. Bridget of is a, a very lovely lady. Byron Snellings. Byron. Denny McFarlane. Yeah, we, we got to find out if Denny's in Cincinnati. He is. He, he, is, he is in Cincinnati. He is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's from, he, well, I know he's from here, so I'm guessing he is in Cincinnati. Okay. William Truax. Yes. 
Um, Thank you for being active on the page, William. Gina Spillane. Spillane. What kind of, what does that sound like to you? Uh, continue. I don't okay. know. But she's a very lovely lady. Okay, speaking of crazy that I know she ain't Italian, she's British, is Trixie. Trixie is a bit crazy, but she's a very she's uh, a very intelligent she's a and very funny lady. Um, we got Sydney and Michael. Yes, uh, Sydney Saint and Michael Burso out there in California. Hey, Jamie, guys. Jamie Tarantino. Jamie's uh, very Italian. active. Very, yes, very uh, active. Okay. Uh, no, here's another Irish one, Laura O'Reilly. Yeah, Laura's very nice lady. Gabby See? Lewis, of course. Gabby. <coughs> Excuse me, John Cunningham. Hey, John. Tara, hope you've been well. And we've got Bond. Jean Bond. Jean Bond. She has to be British, right? Um, I, she's a groupie, so she's an American. Okay. No, I'm just um, saying by the name Bond. Oh, yeah. Uh, of Same course, Lydia. Lydia. Um, we got Brandy McBride. Our yes. favorite softball player. Brandy. Maggie Glover. Yeah. Jeff Hi, Appel. Chris, hey, Jeff. Christine who? Bourgeois. Christine Bourgeois. Alan Dobbs, who you never give a shout-out to. Will you put his name I down? I got here? him down here today. Okay, I got good. him down here today. I finally caught up All to right. some of these. Okay, and what I asked for for Christmas. I don't know. I got Katie. Katie Moorhead. There you go. Yes. Katie Moorhead, how are you doing, sweetheart? That's how the uh, lawn, uh, that's how the uh, lawn gets mowed at your house. That's how the lawn. It is exactly right. Nah, Katie, I'm gonna quit making fun of you. You're a lovely girl. She is. Um, Mary Rass said Marvin Hammond, of course. Marvin from down under there in yeah. Australia. What if he knows Allie? Don't all the Australians know each other? I think they do. Okay. It's, you know, it's like it, it, Ali. I'll get to, but hmm. somebody put up on the page, who is your secret crush on the page? Mm -hmm. and, and I think Scott said Allie. Well, Allie is everyone's secret crush. And I thought crush. to myself, well, duh. <laughs> right. I, Allie's everyone's secret crush. She's a very, uh, would be ballerina, Allie. She would be. She wanted so, to be in a ballerina. But she's a get, wonderful podcaster and. If you get a chance, listen to Insight. Insight but, with her and Charlie. With it's her and Charlie. the best researched uh, podcast you yeah, can it's find a, it's out a, there. It's, it's a real real podcast, unlike the crap that we do. <laughs> exactly. It's it's what it's what people, when they say they're going to do podcasts, what they aspire to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we come in a, a little bit under that. <laughs> Just, yeah, we, we fly a little under the radar yeah, there. Yeah. We don't reach quite that far. Yeah. But we have aspirations to be in. No, good. we don't. No, no not we really. don't. Nah. Um, Nancy Palomino. Nancy. Um, Kim Kazmersky. Hey, hey, who I used to always call Kim say, Kamikaze. I know you got her name right. I got, I've been working on it all week. So, Kim, Kim Kazmersky. Very lovely I've been lady. Working on you. Jennifer Hawkins, of course, and Tara Nee. Yes. Lindsay O'Brien. Jason Dykes. I'm getting there, Timmy. Okay, I'm just throwing out there. Brenda Deutsch. Eddie Rushing. I think that's how you say your name. Yo Handler. Uh -huh. Sammy James. Sammy. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Let me jump over here. Because he's, I got, I got pages. I know. Keep going. Um, Colleen Matson. Yes. Alan Dobbs. All right, you got Alan. Thank God. I don't know why you left him off. George He's been with us a Huckler, long time. Okay. Kelsey Fro and Ron Radchke. Okay. John Gray. Hey, John. I've been leaving John off. I apologize for that, John. 
Danielle Fredrickson, Christine, Christian Dorma, mm-hmm. uh, the beautiful little M waterfall. Lovely M, who uh, made a very nice comment about our episode on Sophie Scholl. Do you know that M speaks German? I know M does. It and she's going to, she lady. said you butchered German right, I know. In, that, in, that, I did. Uh, in that episode. I'm certain I did, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, Susan Angles, Susan Maxwell Angles, and uh, of course, Kirsten Davidson. What about Kate? I'm getting to her. All right. Well, I'll do it right now. Kate McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we got Annette Petrie. Yes. Steph Glenn. Mm-hmm. Christy Montana. Yes. Um, Did you say skip? Skip who? Did you skip, skip, fail you? No, I got skipped down here. Okay. Skip. Um, Maria Barber, of course. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Potts. The, and I didn't mention her in the group of the lovelies, the lovely, lovely, beautiful Cindy Overstreet Hamilton. Yes, she's very active on our page, and we appreciate that, Cindy. Thank Paul you. Paul Mampilli, Mike Arnold, and Melissa Lebrano, Brittany Powell's in what I like to call our Heathers, Heather Poole and Heather Hall, Jeff Hopkins, John Janke, Lise, you've already covered, Ron Ratchke, um, Kevin Behan, Carol Nash, um, Sheila Sabu. And did you, are, are you giving shout outs to Jessica Bishop? Yeah, Jessica okay. Bishop. All right. Just want to make sure. Um, let's see. Susanna Sheldon, mm-hmm. Carolyn Stoffel, um, Michael Daniel, Amber Croup, Jim Moore. Hold on to me. Right. You're jumping ahead, making Just me mess Monica up. Monica Sockwell, DiGostino. Uh, yeah, we're getting to them. All right. They're on the Colonel crew. All right. Uh, Liz Evans, of course. Liz. She's uh, Brenda Deutsch. Right. You know who I've been leaving off, though, and I apologize deeply for this, is Stacy Lynn. Yeah, how can you leave Stacy off? She's you know, very active on her page. And I got to tell you, Stacey. because when we started this, I would write down who we were doing this to, and now I keep them on the document. Okay. So it's easy. And what happens is so we're sorry, Stacey. You get missed one time, you're going to be missed forever until you say, Yeah, if, you, if you're not getting you shout so outs, much, would you give me a shout out? If you're not on our list, let us know so we can add yeah. you. Did you say Christian, uh, Christian Dormer? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Marion Buckwald, Jennifer Miller, Toby Deese, Susanna Sheldon, um, Skip Fayou, who you asked me about, mm-hmm. Kelly Jones, Andy Spizer. GG. What about Andy Volley? Huh? Andy. Andy Volley. Mm-hmm. Uh, is my fourth name down, Andy Volley. Mm-hmm. Um, Norma, new listener, Norma DiMaggio. Thank you for joining us. And then, of course, we got the Colonel's crew. Yes. And you got a new member on that, I believe. Um, we got Jason Dykes on there. Yeah. Um, we got Scotty J. Is Joe Hopkins on there? Joe Hopkins is on there. And, and you know, dude, like, um, what was it, like a year ago, I made a post or, or, or on our podcast. I, I gave out my uh, phone number, mm-hmm. and I, I, I forget what in what context I gave out my phone number on the podcast. But last night at 7.33 p.m., I get this text from I don't know where. I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. It says, I love the colonel. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
it's a 585 area code. So whoever you are, let us know, and we'll give you a shout-out next time. I guess I could have responded to it, but it was like uh, I was <laughs> in the middle of something, so I couldn't respond. It was right. drunk text I did, about the colonel. I just forgot about it until this moment. So I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. but yeah. well, Okay, so let's go Angie Ball. Yes, of course. Um, Nicola, my legal counsel. Right. Allie, my enforcer. Allie's a little crazy. She, but but you know she wanted to be a ballerina, and then became a policeman. Yeah, that's a that's a. But I bet you Allie's badass. She was light on her feet. Yeah, she she cried. She do some Batman shit. Oh yeah, she. Oh man, you know there's some police brutality going on. She picked you (laughs) up, man. I know. She (laughs) just like because she don't like killing. I wonder (laughs) how. I mean, how many complaints she. That's probably why she's not. That's a probably cop. why she's not a policeman. Yeah, she's probably internal just had, affairs hurt her. Oh, name one she's too probably many times. she's probably had so many civil rights violations. <laughs> and they're down in Australia yeah. where they don't really even have yeah. civil rights. They just. She, she, I mean, she's probably she was probably brutal. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure Allie, they have some civil rights. Of course, with Charlie, Ali, Ali, and Charlie are inseparable. Even um, though they live, even though five thousand miles apart, yeah, five thousand, ten thousand miles, miles apart, something like that. Um, but I am going to CrimeCon. You are? True crime con just to meet Allie. Okay, we're going to be, are we going as a group as we decide to I think we will, yeah. All right. We have to decide soon because we have to pay him money. Okay. Sarah Mimosa. Sarah. Little Sarah Spaghetti, Sarah Samosa. Um, of course, a lovely little Jennifer Burdick. Very beautiful young lady. Um, Karen Barnes, of course. Very I just lovely love uh, young lady, Karen Barnes. Someone we found out yesterday was just a true, ba- another badass that you just don't want to tangle with in an alley is uh, Janet Fitzgerald. Yes. She was a CV. Don't, oh, yeah. Don't yeah. With her. She was a CV. She's going to be a historian. Did you now. say Karen Barnes? I got Karen. Okay. Um, of course, our lovely Irish lass, Frances Darton. Absolutely. Uh, our Chicago gal, Jessica Williams. What about Fat Boy Gardner, who is neither I'm fat, a boy, or a gardener? Yeah, I'm getting to him. It's ironic. Um, well, we'll do Fat Boy Gardner now. All right. So um, we got... You can follow us on Twitter at HistoryDweebs1. And you're on Twitter, too, right, Colonel? Yeah, at... Um, Hawk Waters. Hawk Waters, yeah. At you don't even know your own Twitter handle. But so, uh, let's uh, see. we well, get some very nice comments on there, too. Uh, and uh, we want to appreciate all of you who listen to us on or follow us on Twitter. And again, that's a History Dweebs 1. There's a History and, Podcast fan follows us there, and they give us a lot of nice compliments, and, and they well, retweet good. our stuff. So thank you very much, History Podcast fan. Well, I got four more all Maybe right. four or five more of Team Colonel. Okay. Um, well, your team is it growing. It is growing. I think um, you're making them up. Actually. No, this is self-declaration, okay. self-identification. Okay. Amanda Bocci Ball. Okay. Of course, Shannon, who we just love for everything. Shannon she does Rossett, for the world. who is also uh, a very doing the Lord's work, doing yeah. uh, doing God's work, a very good person. Uh, Tiffany Bell, who we've been bragging about a sumbo, and he was named Player the Damn. Yeah. Year up for the state in Michigan. He was named captain of the damn team. Yeah, so, he's a quite and, talented. You know young what? I feel like we've athlete. been we've been harping so much on on Bo. We've been talking about so much about Bo that we forget that he's got this beautiful, smart, very funny mama. 
Yes. So Tiffany stands well on her own. She doesn't have to, you know. But she's very proud of her son, as she, she should we're be. We're all proud. Bell's, because he's Bell's quite like, a like athlete. our player. Yeah, we're going to see, him, like in, the we're gonna see him in the NFL draft. We are. They? What about uh, Monica? Pam, Pam Thaxton? Thank you, Pam, for joining our page. Thank you, Pam. Monica D'Agostino. Mm-hmm. Angela Cobes, who's going to go back to school and be a veterinarian. Yes. And a just stunning young lady that listens to us, and we appreciate it, and she's involved on the page, Radhika Smith. And tell me if yes. I get your name wrong. Yeah, she is a, she is very lovely. And also Tyra Jenkins. I got Tyra. Okay. I carry and Tyra, Amy Carol Payne. And did you say Celine? Yeah, I got okay. Celine. And you got Mary Ray? Mary Ray is on there, yeah. Okay. So that should come. And Stephanie everybody. Quick, I think we mentioned her earlier. If we haven't, if we if felt, I missed you, yes, um, put it on the page that I'm missing you. Yeah, or send us a message or something. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about when we say the page, we have a History Dweeves uh, podcast group. It's called History Dweeves the Podcast. You can join us, and uh, you'll get to talk not only to us but to all the folks that we've mentioned here. It's a really fun group, and uh, we all interact, and it's a lot of fun. And Chuck usually does something inappropriate, and we make fun of it. Amber, Amber taught us all, all the men on the group, how to make a pocket companion for ourselves yes, yesterday. Yes, yes, a uh, marital aid. What about your good friend yeah. Scott? I got him. I covered Okay, him. you got Scott and he, uh, um, Team we... Colonel. And I, uh, and that thing works to scale because I told her I, uh, you know. You're talking I about had, the, the sex toy. Yeah, I had to get a beach town instead of a regular I, beach town. I, I see. I see. You, you know, uh, had to find. I know. You've got a cross to bear there. Instead of a latex glove, I had to get a garbage bag. I, understand, I understand. Uh Do we have any more shout-outs, Colonel? No. Nope, we got we two more. Know. Well, we got our, our last two that we always save. Yes. And, um Miss Beverly, whose daughter was at Cambridge yesterday. Her daughter's just a prodigy. Yeah, she's very, and very smart young lady. Very smart, very pretty good young lady. And yes. I'm trying to arrange um, a marriage between Logan I see. and the young lady. I see. Um, but we're going to let the lady get through college first. No, and that's let nice Logan idea. get through college first. Well, that's 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 progressive. And then we're gonna we're gonna arrange the marriage. Okay. But Lady Beverly, and you know, we're thinking about you because she just suffered, of course, the loss of her father yes. too. And, and we're very sorry, Lady Beverly, yes. and you're in our thoughts and prayers. And I don't even need to say this woman's name because everything we do here at the podcast, we do for one particular person, Timmy. And and again, I I can't. I've said this four or five times, but I've listened to the podcast since we've changed equipment. Mm-hmm. The sound is so much better. Yeah, I agree. And that is thank that is due to the generosity of one Dottie Scott. Yes, she thank you, Mom. She bought us a mixer, yes. microphones, cables. Yeah. And she just bought us a very good Our radio. sound is vastly improved. The quality of the podcast, however, remains questionable. The the hosts, yeah, uh, the we, scripts are pretty good, but the hosts tend to butcher them up a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and but uh, you know, and that should to stay on topic. It these should probably will be it good. will probably take a step back next week with the return of Brandy. Well, you know, it's Brandy really works. Brandy's a lowest common denominator type yeah, person. Yeah. I mean, she's funny. To a certain degree, to, she's funny if you have an unrefined palate. You know yeah, what I mean, Timmy? Yeah. She's funny. as many of our listeners do. 
thank goodness. And thank goodness, but she's she's kind of like a, sla- a Three Stooges version of us, Timmy. Yeah, yeah. She, like uh, if we were, we pre- can transition to the highbrow to topics. It's kind of like if I was Plato and you were Socrates. Yes. Yeah, Socrates. And she is. You're you're Plato, and I'm Socrates in this. Yeah, Socrates, uh-huh. and she's uh she's curly. Yeah. I mean that's kind of what it is. You know, you don't, want to, you don't want to be doing any deep thinking around Brandy. No, no. It just She's sort of like Kip, uh, Kip uh, Rhinelander there. She, you know, she was a little doll-witted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doll yeah, except, you know what? She don't stutter when she's throwing out that vowel no, language, does no, she? No, she does not. She's sort of like Mel Tilla. She might stutter <laughs> in might... normal conversation, yeah. but when she's cursing. When she starts those vulgarities. Yeah, she's, she, she, she does not stutter at all. Okay, Colonel, I guess that's it. Any final thoughts on uh, Rhinelander versus Rhinelander? I think think if you love somebody, you love somebody, and you just go on with them and look what it costs. See, they denied love to me, and they was both cursed for life. And you know what? Uh, Everyone has the right to be married and be miserable like the married. Everybody should be. Everybody should be. The Colonel going to hit... I'm closing in on damn near 30 years with that woman. and But you know what? I ain't focused on that because I got 10 days by myself. Yes. Over the weekend, it's going to be me and Rudy. We're going to be eating junk food. We're probably going to be sitting around in our boxes quite a bit. That's and I'm you guessing. know what? I got to go out and buy boxes because I don't even wear boxes, well, but I just want to sit around in my boxes. Yeah. So, well, good luck with that, Colonel. Right. Where can people find us? People can find us. The first best place to find us um, – Number one, you mentioned the page. The, uh, the History Dweebs. Facebook the fa- yeah. History Dweebs, it's history, the podcast. History Dweebs, the podcast. It's a group. Please join us, and um, we join interact. Join us there and interact We're, we're pretty active on that page. I try to stay active on it. We have a... Uh, uh, you have uh, a question I, of the day that you I have ask? a question of the day that I ask. I have... Um, now, you can find us... Here's what we'd really appreciate you doing is finding us on iTunes and leaving us a review. Yeah, because um, that's makes how it the, easier for other people to find us. Exactly. So if you would be so kind, if you haven't done it yet, please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a good review, not yeah, a bad if review. You're gonna, yeah, you can skip that step if you're going to leave a bad review. <laughs> right. Um, some We don't want people saying, you know, yeah. talks like a drunken foghorn leghorn. Yeah, that would um, be inappropriate. Yeah. All right. So and uh, and on the Twitter, you can find us at um, History Dweebs One. History Dweebs One. can follow you at. You Hawk can follow Waters. me at Hawk Walters, and uh, and uh, that's yeah. pretty much every Stitcher, Stitcher and Dipson. If you yeah. want to go, if you want to, we've had a couple people here recently suggest we do stories, and and we have done the stories, but they don't show up in the iTunes archive. Yeah, they must only go back so far Yeah, iTunes. So, but if you want a link to all of our podcasts, um, just uh, join our Facebook page, The History Read the Podcast, and uh, shoot me an email, and I will send you the link. And we have, uh, all, we're closing in on 200 podcasts, Colonel. So it's, yeah. uh, we got a lot, it's, it's two years. Uh, January. It's a long ass time, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I keep saying but we're going to continue it uh, through 2017, and we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, we're going to go. I got one more year left on my contract. contract. All right. And uh, I got, I've had offers that I've entertained. From I've heard podcasts. that uh, Insight have reached, uh, the Charlie and Allie have reached out Charlie to Charlie and Allie have reached out to me a couple times, but, you know, Allie said that it would maybe. I thought it was like cleaning the office or something. Was well, it, it was exactly podcasting they wanted you to do. It wasn't really podcasting, no. It was it was more 
Um, yeah, nothing. Well, it was yard work. They yeah, had yard yeah, work basically. And, you had to go and you know. brush it out back. Yeah, and Charlie reached out to me the other day to tell me happy birthday. So that oh, was nice. Over. Very nice, Charlie. So I, I took that as reaching out oh, and okay. wanting the colonel you, on the podcast. I see. You, you, you think they was buttering you well, up? Well, I think they were just they, they yeah. were they were greasing the skin. Yeah, they're trying. You think they're trying to pull you away to the yeah, podcast and because mean, because you know they they only have like twice or three times our listeners, right? It, but you know what? I think they they may have got nominated for something and. Uh, I think it would be think, the dream team. They think the colonel will put them over the top. Yeah, they, it would be the dream team if you At least that's what I'm going with. Yeah. Um, well, they probably so. would let you join the podcast. They just have to edit out your whole. Your <laughs> yeah, whole the whole time I do. That'd be a big gaping hole yes, where the colonel yes. talked. But. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. And we next week we'll be back to serial killers and creepy Christmas stories. And we'll see you all again next time on History Dweebs. Good day, listeners. Bye, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.